food quality by choosing contracts for schools based on the cheapest price. EasyJet have banned a man for life for using the word bomb at London Luton Airport. Brian McColgan was removed from the flight and escorted off the premises. The low-cost carrier says the safety of passengers and staff is their highest priority. But Mr McColgan insists the comment was a check-in was a joke and all he wanted to do was drop off his bag. I said to the girl, I want to book this in. Oh, no, for security reasons, you can't take it in or something like that. I said, well, if there was a bomb in it, love, if there was a bomb in it, I would be blowing myself up, you know, standing next to it. Then this other girl, she said, you can't mention that word. And if you do it again, it will call security. Villagers in Bedfordshire say a wind turbine will ruin the lives of many people who live there. The proposed turbine in Ravensden will be 78 metres tall, almost four times as tall as the Angel of the North, and it'll be right next to the landmark water tower. Chris Bent lives nearby. Well, I shall be able to see it out of my back windows. I shall be able to hear it. It will completely ruin. It, it sounds nimbyish, but it will completely ruin sitting in the back garden. And overnight, it's a very quiet village. Mm. You will be able to hear it, I'm sure. St Albans Curry House's brush with fame has been made into a short film. Last year, Tom Cruise tucked into a tikka masala at the Virdara and was forced to ask his friends to pay when his American Express card was rejected. Actors in Tom Cruise masks have recreated the moment in an entry to this year's inaugural St Albans Film Festival. In sport, Luton Town manager Paul Buckle says he'll talk to managing director Gary Sweet today to discuss the way forward. It follows the Hatters' exit from the FA Cup after they were knocked out on Saturday, losing 3-0 against Millwall. The weather dry but cloudy with a top temperature of 7 degrees Celsius, that's 45 degrees Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. First for news. I went to that football match that you just mentioned on the news. Did you love it? Um, we'll talk about it later. I was there though. Oh, I was there with Justin Dealey. Find out how it went on. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Monday morning. It's Monday the 18th of February. Who'd have thunk it? Three minutes past six. Lots coming up on the show today, including... We've mentioned this before, a tax on fizzy drinks, but also a ban on junk food adverts before 9pm. That's what doctors are calling for to tackle obesity. We'll hear from the man who was banned from EasyJet for life just for saying the word bomb at an airport. I've done it. No, I have... I do it to wind my wife up. Have you got any sympathy for him? And as I will be banging on, no doubt, for the next six months, I went to my first football match at the weekend. It was... Sh- it was interesting, I think we can say. Lots to talk about, as always. Good to get your uh, opinions on these. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text. If you do send a text, include your name, otherwise it don't get read out. 81333, start your text, 3CR. Or, look, all of the lines on the telephone system is free. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. We should tax Fizzy Pop and we should ban junk food adverts before nine o'clock. Yeah! That'll solve the problem of obesity. Well, this call comes from the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges, which represents around 200,000 UK doctors. It wants to see a dramatic shift in our relationship with junk food to avert the obesity crisis that we're constantly being reminded is just around the corner. 
Well, Tam Fry is from the National Obesity Forum. Good morning, Tam. Good morning to you. You've seen the recommendations. Are you happy? Uh, not altogether. Uh, it's a beginning, but it certainly is not the whole story. And uh, with respect to the Academy, they point out at the top that it's not a total solution. But they've uh, come up with ten recommendations which they hope will do a lot to bring down the obesity crisis, which uh, you say is about to happen. Well, it's already happened, and we're in the thick of it now. So, t- t- Tam, tell me the, the recommendations that you, you like and where you think there are shortfalls. Okay, well, first of all, I think the, the, the tax on drinks is certainly something which should be uh, strenuously considered. Then uh, the advertising ban. Um, the two areas which I'm particularly concerned about is lack of attention to stopping obesity in the first place. Uh, we, we have a problem. What we've got to do is to stop the problem developing, and that is not given enough attention at all in the uh, first place. And particularly, uh, it doesn't uh, zero in on one of the many epidemics which we have is the size of uh, uh, would-be mothers going into pregnancy and having very fat babies as a result of their size. This tax, we've mentioned this tax on fizzy drinks before. Will it really have any effect? Surely if if fizzy pop is, is taxed a bit more, people will still buy the pop. They'll just buy, I don't know, less apples or something. Uh, It has to be seen, and one of the uh, proposals in this document is that there is a trial of uh, a year just to see what will happen. Uh, That's not long enough, however. Uh, In order to see whether there is an effect of a tax of this size, you've got to continue it for two or three years and then have a look at it and then see what's happening. Uh, It's certainly been uh, done in other countries, and where other countries have put on the tax and have kept the tax, then I think we've got to look very seriously that they have done their homework and they reckon that it's a good thing. And particularly, there is a very famous uh, model which was produced in Australia for the World Health Organization and the United Nations, which said a tax on fizzy drinks and junk food, in the end, would be cost-saving. And that is because uh, the the obesity which results from these bad ingredients uh, would not occur. And therefore, all the money spent on the comorbidities, that is to say, the diseases which spring from obesity, uh, would be obviated. So really it's a win-win situation and I think that's something which we have to look very seriously at. The junk food adverts, banning that before nine o'clock, that kind of makes sense to me because kids see these adverts for for McDonald's and all these other, you know, these, these other foods aren't particularly good for you and they are affected by those, aren't they? They are indeed, and, and uh, they, they, the, the advertisements wouldn't happen unless they were affecting the kids. So, if you will, it's cause and effect. Um, uh, if you were to take away those advertisements, then I think the uh, effect of the peer pressure on the children to buy this and buy that would go, and you would f- see a, a, a great improvement. However, that has to be matched by education, because uh, we need very much now to reinstitute into our schools educating children about healthy uh, food and healthy lifestyle. Uh, I'm pleased to say that's starting to happen in primary schools, but I really do think that that needs to be uh, intensified and also brought into the nursery schools as well. It's interesting you mention that, because I think one of the um, the, the positive side effects of this horsemeat scandal that uh, you, we've all heard about is that people are becoming more aware of what's in their food, where it's coming from, and perhaps preparing food as well. 
precisely so. The, 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 the shortfall at the moment is that if people are put off buying ready-made food, which has been their basic subsistence diet, then you have to wonder what it is they're going to eat. So uh, although on one hand it's a good thing, on the other hand it's going to leave a lot of people for a short period of time probably in a bit of a quandary as to what to buy and what not to buy. And here in the report there's a lot about food labeling. Uh, we don't have uh, sufficient uh, information on our food to allow us to make sensible decisions and I think that the whole Ferrari over the horse meat is going to uh, actually make sure that uh, manufacturers are told that they've got to label much more accurately what is inside the packet. Tam, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Tam Fry from the National Obesity Forum. So, tax on fizzy drinks, banning junk food adverts before nine o'clock at night. What do you think? Will, will, Will that solve the problem? 08459 455 555. Will, will, will that help stop this obesity time bomb that's ticking away and is already exploding slightly? According to Tam there, 08459 455 555. Or do you just think, oh, for goodness sakes, come on. Walk more, eat less. Get off your backside, kids. Put down that pasty and go for a run around the block. Go and play football with your mates. Go and fly a kite. 08459 455 555. This is a song. Wow. You gotta think about you. I just can't live without you. I really want you, Eleanor, near me. Your looks intoxicate me. Even though your folks hate me, there's no one like you, Eleanor. Go out to a movie What do you say now, Eleanor, can we? They'll turn the lights way down low And maybe we won't watch the show to love the turtles 
Haven't you? You've got to love the... I just bought, I just splashed out on a load of CDs, uh, just because I like the cover. I know, I've not done that for years and years and years, so I just bought a load of CDs because I like the cover. Some of them are brilliant. Tea and Cara, oh, wonderful. Some of them not so good. I'm struggling with the association at the moment. Yeah, I know, there's a couple of good songs on there, but I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. MC Squared, on the other hand, I know. There was a group in the 1960s called MC Squared. And, uh, man, they're strange. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. Putting a tax on fizzy drinks and banning junk food adverts before 9pm. These are some of the, the calls... Uh, the, 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 the being requested to help stop the obesity time bomb. Do you think that will help? I kind of go along with the adverts. When kids see these adverts for, you know, for all these, these uh, food that perhaps isn't quite so healthy, they do go, oh, yeah, I want that. Oh, it looks fun. Yeah, I want that. Oh, you get a free toy? Can we go there? Because you get two free toys from the uh, movie Shrek. I don't know. No, I don't know. Never seen it. Um, so I think that makes sense. Putting a tax on fizzy pop, though, your iron brew and your Coca-Cola and your Pepsi and your tab, I, if, I don't know if that's going to have any effect. The only comparison I can think of is the, the, the raising duty on alcohol, right? And alcoholics will still find a way to buy the alcohol. They'll just buy less fruit, less vegetables. They'll find a way. What would you do? How would you stop people getting fat or encourage people to lose weight? 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Coming up to 6.15, it's the Travel News Now with Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, no major problems out there at the moment. Looks like it's all moving fairly nicely. Motorways in particular are looking good at the moment. M25 uh, looking good down the heading, uh, heading down the western stretch at the moment. No problems there on the census. M1 also looking fairly good. And the A405 moving nicely. Usually looks a little bit slow at this time in the morning, but is uh, coping fairly well at the moment. And on the trains, we do have delays actually at the moment of 30 minutes on First Capital Connect services. Now, it's on the Bedford to Brighton line. It's all following an electrical supply problem at Purley. So do check before you travel. Maybe having some uh, issues this morning. Everything else not looking too bad at the moment. The rest of the trains are moving nicely and no problems on the tubes heading into London either. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sophie. Right, 6.15. It's Monday the 18th of February. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. The body which represents nearly every doctor in the UK has called for taxes of at least 20% on fizzy drinks to try to tackle what it says is the huge health crisis of obesity. EasyJet have banned a man for life for using the word bomb at London Luton Airport. Brian McLaughlin says he was only joking. In sport, MK Don's manager Carl Robinson says the club will appeal the sending off of striker Alan Smith during this weekend's 3-1 FA Cup defeat by Barnsley. The weather today in beds, hearts and bucks dry but cloudy with a top temperature of 7 degrees. And coming up before half six, we hear from the man who was banned for using EasyJet for life after saying the word bomb in an airport. Have you got any sympathy for him? Or do you think he was an idiot? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
tackling your consumer problems on BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't worry about that loan now. The whole amount has just been taken off. You don't owe a penny. Gosh, I can't believe this. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. This has been six years of hell. Fighting for your rights. You've done more in two weeks than I've done in six years. I can't thank you enough. You've fought it and you've won it. Well, you won it for me. Thank you so much, Jonathan. If you have a consumer problem, we can do the same for you. Call the team now. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. banned for using EasyJet for life after he said the word bomb at Luton Airport. Brian McColgan uh, joked with security officers, which then resulted in him, him being kicked off of the premises. He told our reporter, Justin Dealey, how he completely missed his flight to Lisbon. Well, I walked up to... I, w- I wanted to get rid of my bag. Uh, I'm wandering around with this bag. It's me in the bag, you know, and you can't leave the bag anywhere. So I went over to the EasyJet thing and it said three hours booking in early. So I walked over and I said to the girl, I want to book this in. Oh, no, for security reasons, you can't take it in or something like that. And I started to say, like a silly old man, I said, well, if there was a bomb in it, love, if there was a bomb in it, I would would blow myself up, you know, standing next to it. See, then this other girl, she said, you can't mention that word. And if you do it again, we'll call security. 
And I said, well, okay, of course. A big manager comes straight right across the hall. He comes up and says to me, why have you disrespected the girls? I said, you weren't even here. I turned around, the guy's on the phone. I thought, oh, no, I walked back to him. I'm standing by him. I said, well, shake my hand, sir. I only, he shook my hand. I said, I only mentioned, I apologise to all of you. Yeah? I goes out for a cigarette later on. This policeman comes up with a machine gun and another policeman with a big machine gun. And they start questioning me about what did I say at EasyJet. I said, I never said anything really. And I tried to explain myself. The next thing, the cops take my passport off me, wanted my uh, driving license, wrote it all down, and uh, he said, I'll go. I said, could we go somewhere private? I was feeling a bit embarrassed because two other security guys would come up. There's five of us standing there, everybody staring at us. I said, can we, we go somewhere private? He said, no, we're staying here. So anyway, he goes off. He said, I'll go and talk how we EasyJet. He comes back and he says, I'm afraid, Brian, that you will not be travelling with EasyJet again. Um, Ever. You're banned from EasyJet. For life. Yeah. You have to leave the airport complex now. I said, would I get my money back? He said, no. I said, I thought Robin Hood wore a mask. And what were you going to Lisbon for anyway? I've got friends over there. I like I like Portugal. I've travelled over there this year, and I've been uh, I've been in uh, Lisbon, and I've been in the Algarve, and I, I like it. You know. Okay. Just lastly, do, do you think that our listeners will have any sympathy for you? I know that that you, in your eyes, you feel that you've done nothing wrong. It was just a flippant comment, but you mentioned the word bomb in an airport. Do you think our listeners will have any sympathy for your case here? I don't really care, sir. I just feel a victim. I've been banned from EasyJet for life. I've been told to get off the airport complex. I don't have a car, and I've had to walk nearly into Luton Town Centre. I'll be 65 on the 26th of February. I don't think that's a way to treat anybody, especially cops with machine guns. And this was all because you wanted to check your bag in early, you got to the airport to get rid of your bag, and your point was, look, I just want to check my bag in, yes, I'm slightly early, but what's the problem? There's hardly going to be a bomb in there because I'm going to be travelling on the aeroplane. It was just a a comment that you made that you didn't think anything would happen afterwards. Well, I'm a threat to nobody, sir. I'm I'm a retired man. I'm a retired hospital board and steel worker. I've worked 40 odd years. And, and to be told in my own country that a word that's in the English dictionary, and I didn't say I've got a bomb in the case. I said, if there was a bomb in here, love, it was a joke. I said, I'd blow myself up, wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. It's just nonsense the way they run that airport. Yeah. You're two hours queuing up to get in for security, and, and they take all your, your cream off you and all sorts. So, yeah, I feel annoyed. Well, EasyJet declined our invitation to come on the programme this morning, but they have provided us with this response. EasyJet can confirm that a male passenger was denied boarding this morning, this is Friday morning, due to a comment made about carrying a bomb. They say the safety and security of its passengers and crew is their highest priority. They take comments seriously and report them to the police where necessary. Well, Justin Dealey got us that report, and you're back at Luton Airport this morning, aren't you, Justin? I am indeed, uh, Ian. I think what we're going to try and do this morning is find out whether people have got any sympathy whatsoever for Brian and his cases. Clearly there you heard the views from Brian. He's a, a very, very angry man. He feels like he's done nothing wrong. He's just said something in the heat of the moment. And there you go. He's been banned from EasyJet for life. And already, Ian, lots of reaction coming in. A bit like this from Paul. Um, Paul, have you got any sympathy for this man at all? Yeah, but as soon as you mentioned bomb, straight away, the airport's backs are up. Mm. 
You, you just don't mention that word at all. So you've got some sympathy, but at some. the end of the day, he, he's made a silly mistake. He has yeah. made a mistake, yeah, straight away. He shouldn't say that. I mean, even if it was a man in his 60s, let's just say you're in the queue, yeah. and a man who looks perfectly normal in his 60s, and he mentions the word bomb, would you then be scared? Well, of course, yeah, you shouldn't mention that. Not in airports, not nowadays. Mm. I mean, years ago, 20 years ago, wouldn't have been bothered. But now, you just don't mention that word. So they've used mm. airport already, so lots of views coming in. Of course, most people use airports every single year. And some would say, well, this is ridiculous. At the end of the day, it's a man in his 60s, and he didn't have a bomb in his case. He's been thrown off of the airport complex. But others would say they're a bit like Paul. Well, you just can't do that. Nowadays, in the year 2013, with what's happened and, and what might have happened over the last few years in particular, you cannot walk into an airport and mention the word bomb. You just can't do that. There's anymore. a scene, isn't there? In uh, is it Meet the Parents with I Ben so, Stiller, yes, where yes. He, he's on the plane and he starts going bomb, 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 bomb. And I was, have you ever done that with your missus, Justin? When you're going through security, you're about to go through the scanner, and you lean over and go, "Have you hidden the bomb in the boot? <laughs> have you never done that? <laughs> I mean, not quite an airport. Where have you, where I mean, have you put I mean, the drugs, my love? <laughs> have you never done that? Yes, I've done that one before. Right. Uh, the drugs one. Unfortunately, I did get searched a year ago. Nothing off the back of what I said, but it, it was quite a terrifying experience. When, when you say you got suitcase, when over. you say you got searched, yeah, did you get searched? Well, I, I got searched, and then they start ripping your bag open, oh, looking dear. through the bag oh, and all this kind of stuff. But um, you know, if you are going to walk into an airport, if you are going to mention drugs, if you are going to mention bomb, um, there's every chance that you are going to have security with you. And as terrifying as it may be for Brian to have people with machine guns, he's mentioned the word bomb and suitcase in the same sentence. Do people have any sympathy for him whatsoever? We'll find out. Justin, could you do me a favour? Could you say bomb one more time, please? <laughs> bomb. Thank you very much, Justin Daly. 08459 455 555. Any sympathy for this gentleman? Paul's near Kettering. Morning, Paul. Good morning. <laughs> You're right. Sorry, I find this whole thing quite laughable. Go on. Um, well, in this day and age, yep. I think he, he, I think he was a bit harshly dealt with. Um, can I start with? Yeah. Um, but in all fairness, in this day and age, to do something like that is no laughing matter. Yeah. Is no joke, and I don't have sympathy with him because he is of an age that he should be sensible enough not to do something like that. You'd expect a little child to do something like that. Yeah. Not a man in his mature years. Yeah. Um, and I think really maybe he should have been given a caution and a severe telling off. Well, this is the thing. Um, do you think it, 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 Of course you shouldn't have done it. Uh, and that was ridiculous. But, mm. but a slight overreaction? A, the, the, a guns pointed at him? Banned from EasyJet for life? Well, no. The guns. I mean, I was I was brought, I was brought up in an army environment uh, most of my life. My dad served in the forces, um, so I I understand that if somebody says bomb, everybody jumps, and you know you you've got to sort this out because it could be a life and death situation. Yep. Um, no way should he have done it, and I hope he learns his lesson. And maybe maybe once. Easy to realise. Look, it, well, he was stupid, and he, he didn't sound like the brainiest man on the, on the planet. I have to say, no offence, but to do something like that, you don't do it. Um, maybe they should, you know, lift the ban and say, look, okay, but if you ever do it again, then you will be banned from every airport in every country for the rest of your life because you just can't do it. Paul, thank you very much. Paul's strong feelings there. Nicky Hitchin is texted in eight one three double three. Starting the text three CR. Only an idiot will make any reference to any kind of explosive device when travelling on any form of transport. 
can I can completely see both sides of the story. It was just a joke, wasn't it? It was just a, a, a badly timed joke. He was frustrated that they wouldn't let him check his bag in or they wanted to do something with his bag and he made a flippant, off-the-cuff comment that perhaps if he'd had a little bit longer to think about, he wouldn't have done. Guns pointed at him, banned for life from EasyJet. Is that an overreaction or do we have to be as, as careful as that? 08459 555 It's coming up to 6.29. Let's get the travel news now. Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, still looking fairly good out there at the moment. No major problems to update you with on the speed sensors at the moment. All looking good on the motorways. The M25 in particular down the western stretch moving nicely. M1 also looking good. And the usual delays just outside Greater London looking uh, fairly good at the moment. The North Alter Road moving nicely on the A405 and the A414 also looking fairly good as well. Now through Buckingham, the A428 actually having no problems either. Usually gets a little bit busy at this time in the morning, but does seem to be holding up nicely. Don't forget, we do have delays of 30 minutes on First Capital Connect services on the Bedford to Brighton line. Still due to electrical supply problems at Purley. Tickets are being accepted on East Midland and Southern services though. So do check before you travel this morning. So there's more in 15 minutes. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. With the 6.30 headlines, I'm Catherine Boyle. The body which represents nearly every doctor in the UK has called for taxes of at least 20% on fizzy drinks to try to tackle what it says is the huge health crisis of obesity. EasyJet have banned a man for life for using the word bomb at London Luton Airport. Brian McColgan says he was only joking. And a group of Ravenston, Ravenston residents say their part of North Bedfordshire will be ruined if plans for a 78-metre wind turbine get the go-ahead. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. FA Cup holders Chelsea could face Manchester United at Old Trafford in this season's quarterfinals. United are still to play Reading in the fifth round and Chelsea will take on Middlesbrough after winning 4-0 at home to Brentford yesterday in a fourth round replay. John Terry scored on his return to the side and has denied reports of a rift with Chelsea's interim boss Rafa Benitez. It's absolute rubbish and you know I said, I said just a minute ago it's lazy journalism as well. Uh, there's not a problem with myself and Rafa. I want to play like everybody else. I'm not one to knock the manager's door down I've been out for four months I'm just delighting myself to be back fit and if the others are playing well then I'll sit there and, and support the team that, that's all I can do it's just you know it's disappointing when you when you wake up to stuff and, and you read absolute nonsense in the other quarterfinals Manchester City will host Barnsley it's Oldham or Everton against Wigan and Millwall will play Blackburn MK Don's manager Carl Robinson says the club will appeal the sending off of striker Alan Smith at the weekend Smith saw red in the 3-1 FA Cup defeat against Barnsley at Stadium MK Luton Town manager Paul Buckle says he'll talk to managing director Gary Sweet today to discuss how the club moves forward it follows their exit from the FA Cup after they were knocked out on Saturday losing 3-0 to Millwall Buckle just wants to move on I just thought everybody gave everything that they've got which is, is all I can ask what I've got to do now is is uh, is Monday have a good chat with the MD and try and take it forward again Watford manager Gianfranco Zola has been praising his striker Troy Deeney who scored two goals at the weekend in the 4-0 win against Birmingham at St Andrews Watford are now third in the championship and in League 2 Wickham lost 1-0 at Bristol Rovers that's your latest news and sport more from me at 7 o'clock oh Catherine you've made me smile oh have I Bandler. I did not say Barnsley. <laughs> you did, both times. Barnsley. Do it again. Barnsley. Now do it in English. What am I supposed to say? Barnsley. It's, <laughs> it's like muesli. Barnsley. <laughs> muesli. 
Oh, for goodness sakes. On FM, AM and online, BBC Three Counties Radio. Barnsley. If Catherine ever has a son, I hope she calls him Barnsley. Barnsley! Your tea's ready! Come downstairs! Barnsley! Come downstairs, Barnsley! Now, I think Catherine actually hates me and probably has a very, very good case to get me dismissed for bullying in the workplace. Coming up in the next 30 minutes, I went to my first football match ever at the weekend. Wasn't Arsenal versus Blackburn. Wasn't MK Dons versus Barnsley. It was Luton versus Millwall. Yo, hear what happened in the next half an hour. And also, we'll hear about a massive wind turbine that's angering residents in Bedfordshire. 08459 555555 is the telephone number. Uh, Doctors have called for a ban on junk food adverts before 9pm. And also increasing the tax. 20% tax on fizzy pop. Or Jan has uh, texted in, how about putting tax up on full sugar versions of fizzy drinks, but nothing on diet versions? Well, have I got this right? The diet versions are just as bad for you. They don't contain sugar, but they just, they contain some other muck that does just the same thing. Can can we get a news agent on? (laughs) Oh, not a news agent. If I got that right, I always thought that the diet drinks were just as bad for you, but in a slightly different way. They had a, a sugar substitute that wasn't particularly healthy. 08459 455 555. Now, on Saturday, it happened. I did it. I went to my first ever football match. Three Counties reporter Justin Dealey took me along to Kenilworth Road to watch Luton Town against Millwall in the FA Cup fifth round. Sadly, the Hatters lost 3 0. This is what happened on my big day out. This is very exciting. I'm stood outside the uh, Luton Town Football Club for my first ever football match ever in the world, Luton Town versus Millwall. Justin Dealey, you've brought me here. Hey, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. There are lots of people here. Yeah, absolute sellout crowd today. It's a massive game. It's the FA Cup. It's the fifth round. Uh, Luton, of course, if they win today, be the first time for 99 years, 99 years to get through to the quarterfinals. That's huge. Absolutely. Forget that. Yeah. Am I going to get beaten up? <laughs> well, I mean, looking around, we've seen quite a few police, not as many as I'd have thought. Lots of stewards here as well. It's well organised, but, but the atmosphere is going to be intense today. Nobody wants to lose this match. W- walking up the street to come to, come up to the, the stadium, the, the atmosphere kind of changed a bit. There were police on horses running about. It got a little bit dark. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think the police, you know, they said to us beforehand, it, it's a game where they've looked into very, very closely how they're going to police it. Over 300 officers on duty today because they know that both sides have got troublemakers. That, that's a fact. So their job is to, is to keep those apart today, no matter what happens. I've got these six cans of beer. I'm guessing I won't be allowed to take them in. Do you want to help me finish them off? Yeah, I'll finish them off right now. Lovely. Right, the game has started. This is very exciting. Who are you? Uh, my name's Darren Jones. And what, you, what, you've been out on the pitch? Um, I have been out on the pitch, but I cannot say why, as, um, you know, I might get in trouble. You're the mascot. <laughs> might be. <laughs> <laughs> you, I saw you running around out there looking like yeah. a complete idiot. Are you, do you, are you enjoying it? Yeah, of course I enjoy it. I've been doing it 15 years, so it's a great a lot of enjoyment, you know, great atmosphere, and it's great entertaining the Luton Town fans. What's, what's, uh, what's the atmosphere like out there today? It's absolutely brilliant. Do it, do it as we rehearsed. I, I will do it. it. It reminds me of the days when we climbed up the leagues from League Two all the way through to the Championship under the stewardship of uh, Joe Kinnear and Mike Null. Great Atmos. <laughs> all right, what's your prediction for the score? Um, I'm actually going to go for a 2-1 Luton Town win. 
Excellent stuff. Come, come on, the, the Hatters. <laughs> yeah, up the town. Henry will cross in towards the far post. A good one. It's just a bit too high for Keogh, but he flicks it back towards goal. And is it offside? No, it isn't. That will stand. Rob Hole scores from absolutely nothing. It's Luton nil, Millwall two. Right, it's half time. It's uh, two nil to Millwall. I'm joined by one of the fans. What's your name, sir? Uh, John Piper. John, you, you enjoying the, the game? Uh, I am very much so. I think we've it's really the two goals have been totally against the run of play. Possession-wise, we've had a good good percentage of the game sort of thing, and uh, we've had the greater of the chances as well. I don't know a lot about football, and I, 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 it's my first ever football match. Right. But surely it's the goals that are the important thing. It's very much so to get in the onion net, as they say. Get the ball the in, what? The, in the onion net. That's a, that's a famous saying. That's what they've got to do. Um, we've had our chances. Their keeper's been catching a lot of balls from corners and so forth. That's what the goalkeepers do. They do catch the ball, but hopefully he'll let one through in the, in the second half for us. I'm, hope, I'm noticing you've got lots of badges on you. What's that all for, John? Uh, well, I just go to all the games, uh, home and away, and I collect a badge every ground I go to. Every And you're wearing, you're wearing them on your hat. Let's, let's have a little look at what you've got. You've yeah. got the, the Ta- Tamworth Football Club, yeah. Matlock Town, right. Luton Town. Yeah. That must weigh your head down quite a bit. It exactly does, yeah. I'll get rust fatigue if I'm not careful. Yeah, if it rains. Yeah, very much so. But uh, anyway, going back to the game, yeah, we just need second half now. The players are really up for this. They're very focused and uh, just hope we can uh, go forward from here. Listen, and, you uh, go off, go and get, get yourself a bit of bro- bovril. Do you still have bovril? Uh, oh, bovril, hot dogs, you name it. We have the lot here. Go and have a hot dog and enjoy the rest of the game. Very nice to meet you, sir. Thanks so much, Ian. Brilliant. Bovril, hot dogs, you name it. They've got it. Excellent stuff. It was a cracking afternoon. That's what happened up until half time. Hear what happened in the second half. We'll get a bit more fan reaction as well. And will I be going? Have I got the football bug? That's the question. The answer's no, but yeah. On the other side of the street I knew Stood a girl that looked like you I guess that's deja vu But I thought this can't be true Cause you moved to West LA Or New York or Santa Fe Or wherever to get away from me Oh, but that one night Was more than just right
Drive by, I like that song. Uh, if you go to the Facebook page, you can have your comment uh, about that gentleman who uh, said bomb at an airport, got banned from EasyJet for life. Guns pointed at him, escorted off the premises, banned from EasyJet for life. You can go there, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Do go on there, have a little argument, but, but, but play nice. Play nice, for goodness sakes. Oh, there's an ask about Mark Wahlberg, the, the worst actor in the world. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Or you can give us a call, 08459 455 555. Someone, an old man in his 60s, says bomb at an airport. Guns pointed at him, escorted off the premises, banned from EasyJet for life. Any sympathy for him at all? Have a look at the front pages. Uh, the Guardian, the fat man of Europe, and there's a picture of him. Um, Britain's doctors say obesity crisis is becoming unresolvable. Reports call for 20% tax on fizzy drinks and takeaway curb, and over half of all adults will be seriously overweight by 2050. Wowzers. Uh, the Daily Telegraph, mid-staffs police to study new evidence. Police and prosecutors are examining new evidence about the Stafford Hospital scandal that could lead to criminal charges. Uh, there's more on this story about Oscar Pistorius. There are talk that a bloodied cricket bat may have been found on the, the premises. Uh, schools, bl- schools blamed for horsemeat scandal. Excuse me? Schools, b- schools blamed for horsemeat scandal? Not the abattoirs. Schools, hospitals and prisons should be blamed for the horsemeat scandal for driving down food quality to cut costs, the chief executive of the frozen food chain Iceland claimed yesterday. My first ever job was at Iceland. It was at B-Jams, but then they became Iceland. Yep, yep. Malcolm Walker said supermarkets should not be held responsible for the scandal, but claimed that much of the public sector was reliant on dodgy cutting houses and backstreet manufacturers. But he added, he would not personally eat value supermarket products because they won't contain much meat. Hey, well done, head of Iceland. You just shot yourself in the foot. It's ratners all over again, you muppet. Uh, the Times. Um, what's, what's Nicole Kidman doing everywhere? I've got no idea. Uh, more taxes for the rich. Lib Dems urge Clegg. Activists want to extend mansion tax plan. The Independent revealed UK sells arms to Sri Lanka's brutal regime. Government database shows that sales uh, continue despite litany of rights abuses. Uh, The Express. Millions will see pensions slashed. New rules will wreck retirement plans. Uh, and uh, the Kate Middleton is told you have too many clothes. Page three. Let's go to page three. Oh, she's being told by blooming uh, Vivian Westwood. Uh, jog on there and I wouldn't bother listening. But then there's page three of the Express. Oh, no! 
Rihanna cutting bot- bottle attack by angry fan. And that sounds like a horrific story. No one should be attacked by angry fans, uh, least of all um, Pop-Tart Rihanna. Uh, she's been cut in a bottle attack. But then there's a picture of the injury. Oh, oh it's a little graze to the knee. It's a li- No, don't squint because you want me to see it. It's a tiny little graze to the knee. Let Daddy kiss it better. If my boy came home with that injury, I'd say, jog on, son. Jog on. Daily Mail, there's um, uh, Nicole Kidman again. And a whistleblower fool, he grows. Now a gag on doctors and nurses. Hundreds of doctors, nurses and NHS managers are being prevented from exposing poor care by Stalinist gagging orders. And then there's the son. Oh, look, they've got a picture of a dead girl wearing some clothes. Good for you, son. Ridiculous front page on Friday. Pistorius killing exclusive steroids at Blade Runner's mansion. Cops find bloodied cricket bat two. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. A man says bomb at an airport. He's uh, has guns pointed at him. He's banned from EasyJet for life. Have you got any sympathy for him? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five six forty five. Let's get the travel news now, Sophie Tyler. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting on the trains on First Capital Connect services, we have delays of 30 minutes on the Bedford to Brighton line. Still following an electrical supply problem at Purley. Tickets are, however, being accepted on East Midlands trains and Southern services. And unfortunately, this is still ongoing from the problems yesterday. On the roads, it's actually all looking fairly good at the moment. No problems to update you with. Moving nicely around the A41, looking good there. And also on the North Orbital Road, no major problems. Motorways also coping well on the cameras this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Excellent stuff, Sophie. Thank you very much. 6.46, Monday the 18th of February. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. The body, which represents nearly every doctor in the UK, has called for taxes of at least 20% on Fizzy Pop to try to tackle what it says is the huge health crisis of obesity. EasyJet have banned a man for life for using the word bomb at London Luton Airport. Brian McColgan says he was only joking. In sport, Stephen Maguire won the Welsh Open snooker following a final frame decider in Newport. And coming up before seven, we hear more about the proposed wind turbine to be built on fields owned by a farmer in Ravensden near Bedford. But before that, let's get the latest weather. Here's Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bugs weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. It's a rather chilly start to the day. Those temperatures just above freezing at the moment across most places in the three counties. We've got some mist patches. There's some low cloud as well, but we should see this lift and clear. And in fact, um, brightening up across the three counties as we head through the late morning into the afternoon. Some good spells of sunshine around. Staying dry, of course. Temperatures up to 7 or 8 degrees Celsius later on for St Albans. For Watford and High Wycombe as well. Luton too. 8 degrees Celsius here. That's 46. Six in Fahrenheit. There will be quite a chilly southeasterly breeze, so if you're away from the sunshine, standing in a rather exposed spot, then actually it is going to feel quite cold. But there will be lots of sunshine through the rest of the afternoon. Staying dry overnight too. Lots more clear skies tonight. Temperatures down to minus one, minus two degrees Celsius. It'll be a chilly night with a frost 
and again some patches of mist and fog into tomorrow morning but tomorrow again we should see the sunshine come out at times temperatures once more to seven degrees celsius now the good news is if you're on half term this week it is going to stay dry unfortunately though it is going to get progressively colder through the course of the week highs of only two or three degrees celsius by thursday and friday um so yep staying dry getting colder and also getting cloudier as well so uh, do make the most of the sunshine today and tomorrow while we still see it that's the forecast thank you very much elizabeth in regards to the luton town millwall football match daz has texted in hi ian what you saw on saturday janos making a rare mistake julie getting a fluke and them getting a third when three players were on the ground and players thought the match would be stopped Take care and stay fit. I do try and stay fit as, as much as I can, Daz. I do like... Uh, lots of the fans... Football's a very strange thing. And lots of the fans on Saturday were complaining that the first two goals were rubbish goals. But, but they were still goals, yeah? And if they were rubbish goals, that means that your team was even more rubbish for letting two rubbish goals in. I just, I, I just don't get it. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. No two days are ever the same on my programme. That's because I get to meet passionate local people. As usual, over a pint in the Queen's Head one night in Amtoy, we said, hey, why don't we have a, a pop-up cinema? And we just got together and we convert Parkside Hall into a cinema. Play loads of great music. The Birds, Mr Tambourine Man. Tell me which other show on the radio goes from Leanne Rhymes to Elvis Presley. And sometimes I try to learn new skills. And then you've got the white thread basically connected to these bobbins, which make... Oh, 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 did. I may have messed them up. Nick Coffer, Monday to Saturday from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you one of the best pop songs that you've never heard. Drove downtown in the rain 9.30 on a Tuesday night Just to check out the late night Record shop Call it impulsive Call it compulsive Call it insane When I'm surrounded I just can't stop It's a matter of instinct It's a matter of conditioning It's a matter of fact You can call me Pavlov's dog Ring a bell and I'll salivate How'd you like that? Dr. Landy, tell me you're not just a pedagogue Cause right now I'm lying in bed Just like Brian Wilson did Well I'm, I'm lying in bed Just like Brian Wilson did Yeah. 
like Brian Wilson did Well I lie in bed just like Brian Wilson did Whoa. I had a dream that I was 300 pounds And though I was very heavy I floated till I couldn't see the ground I floated till I couldn't see the ground Whoa, somebody help me I couldn't see the ground Somebody help me Couldn't see the ground Somebody help me Because I, I'm lying in bed Just like Brian Wilson did Well, I'm lying in bed Just like Brian Wilson did One of my favourite, favourite bands. They are. They are. I love them. Wonderful stuff. Now, here's something. It'll be nearly four times the height of the Angel of the North and one and a half times the height of Nelson's Column and its angered villagers in Bedfordshire. It's a proposed wind turbine to be built on fields owned by a farmer in Ravensden near Bedford. Well, our reporter, Jane Killick, went to Ravensden where she met Chair of the Parish Council, Helena Walker, Ward Councillor Stephen Moon and resident Chris Bend. We moved here five years ago. My husband works in central London and um, we put up with the travelling that he has to do because we wanted to live in a quiet village and it doesn't matter what the developers say um, until it's actually up we're not going to know how much we can hear how much we can feel what effect it's going to have on bird life or anything like that but but we do know what we can see or what we will see and it will be a complete eyesore my husband's family they've lived in the village for years and years in fact his mother was born here and um she has told us the water tower was actually um, erected in 1951 and I mean on a nice clear day it can be seen all over Bedfordshire right as far as the M1 and the Sharp and Ho Clappers I've, I've known people have seen it from there we should explain that it's going to be right next to that water oh, yes, tower yes and standing double the height more, which than, more than twice more than, more twice, than the twice the height more than twice the height and moving yeah so if you can picture that standing here looking at the water tower, you just cannot believe it, what it would look like. Well, I shall be able to see it out of my back windows. I shall be able to hear it, I imagine. I mean, they say that, you know, it, it's a good place to be because of the wind, but with the current climate, if you read meteorological sites, they say we don't have enough wind, they only work to maximum a sort of 35% efficiency well, That's our reporter Jane Killick reporting there uh, Ravens and, uh, uh, Sorry, what is the impact of wind turbines though? Rob Norris 
is from Renewable UK, the trade association for wind, wave and tidal energy. Rob, lots of people there saying they were worried about the noise, but they didn't know if it would make any noise. What, what kind of noise do you get from these wind turbines? Well, modern wind turbines are really quiet here. What you have to do if you're applying to put one up is to actually produce a full report saying how quiet they're going to be. And that has to be looked at by planners and by environmental health people in great detail before you're actually allowed to go ahead with the plans. Um, I don't want to be technical about it, but it's, it's only allowed to be um, as quiet as the sort of gentle swish of the blades heard from about uh, uh, 800 metres away. So that, that sort of gives an idea of how quiet they are these days. It's a very common problem that people think they're going to be noisy, and then when they get put up, they think, oh, I can't hear anything. We take coach loads of people to wind farms and stand them right underneath them, and the first thing they say is, I thought it would be really noisy, and it isn't. We had residents there were worried about what it would look like. Um, do they have, should they be worried? Well, visual impact is a, is a really interesting question because a lot of people find when they look at wind turbines that they don't have a problem with the way they look. And that's partly because they're, they're designed to sort of blend in as, as far as possible with the landscape, but also because when they see the, the blades turning, they know what they're doing. They're generating clean electricity, and they're doing that for local people. So local people are getting green power, and that's, that's a really good thing. Are they, what, that what, Robert, are they that efficient, though? Well, yeah, that's another thing I wanted to pick, pick them up on in, in, in the comments that they made. Somebody said 35%. It's not that they work 35% of the time. You often hear this, and it's a really common mistake. All that's saying is, well, first of all, they actually work uh, about um, 80 to 85% of the time because you need very little wind to get the blades turning. So they're always, or nearly always, generating clean energy. But the 35% of the time thing refers to how much of their total maximum output if they were going at full pelt. It's just like saying, if you had a car that could drive at 50 miles an hour, if you don't drive your car at 50, 150 miles an hour all the time, that the car is inefficient. Of course it's not. You drive your car at 30 or 40 miles an hour, depending on the conditions. You wouldn't want it to go full whack the whole time because you cause a car crash. So that's where that 35% kind of misunderstanding comes from. It's not that. It's, it's about 80 to 85%. Rob, listen, we have to end it there. I find it fast. I have to say, can I put my cards on the table I, th- I think wind turbines are beautiful i would have no objection to having one there i think they look stunning and that gentle swish i think is very relaxing is that just me being a, being an old hippie an old soap oh eight four five nine four double five five double five would you be offended if there was a wind turbine near you let's get the travel news now with sophie tyler beds hearts and bucks travel bbc three counties radio we're starting to look slow out there at the moment, starting on the motorways heading south on the M1, slow between Junction 10 at Luton Airport and 9 at Redbourne, and anti-clockwise on the M25, slow where you'd expect, between 26 at Waltham Abbey and 25 at the A10 for Enfield, also slow again between Junction 21 at the M1, and uh, also moving fairly slowly now as well on the A405 at North Orbital Road at the M25 at Junction 21A, roundabout usual delays there, and delays of 30 minutes on First Capital Connect on the Bedford to Brighton line all following an electrical supply problem at Pearly so do check before you travel Sophie Tyler BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Sophie So a man walks into an airport he says the word bomb he has guns thrust at him and is banned from EasyJet for life Have you got any sympathy for him? We'll discuss this more after the news with Catherine Boyle Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
Good morning, it's seven o'clock. The headlines, fizzy drink tax back on the table, EasyJet ban bomb joke passenger and wind turbine row in Ravenston. BBC Three Counties Radio. Obesity in the UK represents a huge health crisis according to doctors. The Academy of Medical Royal Colleges want tough measures to fight the problem such as a 20% tax on fizzy drinks and fast food outlets near schools being forced to close. The Academy's chairman, Professor Terence Stevenson, explained why he thought such drastic action was needed. Whilst, of course, it's always down to the individual. I choose whether to what I eat, whether I smoke. What people have told us is they want help to swim with the tide than against the current, to make the healthy choice the easier one. So if you take an example from smoking, the ban on advertising and the reduction in marketing had a huge effect. A Bedford man is fighting for his life in Doncaster after a motorway pile-up on the A1M in Yorkshire. The 35-year-old was a passenger in one of four vehicles involved in the crash just after 10 past six last night. One driver died and a 26-year-old man from Leeds, uh, so from Doncaster has been arrested on a suspicion of dangerous driving. The Environment Secretary Owen Patterson is set to meet representatives from Britain supermarkets later to discuss the horse meat scandal. Here's Simon Clemison. The government is trying to keep up the pressure on the retailers, who it says are ultimately responsible responsible for what they put on their shelves. Iceland has tried to shift the attention onto councils, believing they drive down food quality with cheap contracts for schools and hospitals, although local authorities say it is the suppliers who are at fault. Today, though, the focus is on the supermarkets and how they aim to restore confidence. A passenger has been banned for life from EasyJet flights after using the word bomb at London Luton Airport. Brian McColgan insists his comment at check-in was a joke and all he wanted to do was drop off his bag. He says the armed police didn't appreciate his sense of humour. I, I never said anything, really. And I tried to explain myself. The next thing, the cops take my passport off me, wanted my uh, driving licence. He comes back and he says, I'm afraid, Brian, that you will not be travelling with EasyJet again. You're banned from EasyJet. You have to leave the airport complex. I said, would I get my money back? He said, no. A group of Ravenston residents say their part of North Bedfordshire will be ruined if plans for a 78-metre wind turbine get the go-ahead. The structure, which is almost four times as tall as the Angel of the North, would be built right next to the village's water tower. A St Albans Curry House's brush with fame has been made into a short film to be screened at the inaugural St Albans Film Festival. Last year, Tom Cruise tucked into a tikka masala at the Virdara and was forced to conduct a whip round when his American Express card was rejected. In sport, Manchester City manager Roberto Mancini says the club can still win the Premier League, despite trailing leaders Manchester United by 12 points with 12 games of the season remaining. And the weather dry but cloudy with a top temperature of 7 degrees Celsius. That's 45 degrees Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio. First for news. To stop my uh, boys discovering the wonderful world of fizzy pop, Catherine, whenever I have a glass of Coke or, or Pepsi, but it's Coke, uh, I, and it, it looks like a fun drink. It's dark, it's fizzy. There's some, what's, what's that, Dad? Can I try some? Oh, no, it's medicine. It's medicine, oh, you wouldn't like good. it. And they, so they go, oh, no, I'm not interested. Do, do you have any tips for, for getting your kids not to drink that stuff, or do you just pour it down their necks, <laughs> you northern naughty lady? I don't, I say it's not very good for them. I let them have it. They probably have it probably f- twice a year. Parties, Christmas. Wowzers. And they only have, like, one glass. So they are really the Charlie Bucket of Fizzy Pop. Your Charlie Bucket references just after seven. Come on, we're in. This show has finally taken off. Bare Naked Ladies, Charlie Bucket. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. How do you stop your kids drinking fizzy pop? Tell mine it's medicine. Oh, it's medicine, you won't like that. Oh, no, you say the M-word, they're off. 
They're in another part of the house. They're in the West Wing. Well, a tax on fizzy drinks and a ban on junk food adverts before 9pm. That's what doctors are calling for to tackle obesity. Do you think they're, they're good calls, good decisions? What would you like to see done? How do you stop your kids eating junk and drinking junk? 08459 455 555. We'll hear from a man who's been banned from EasyJet for life for saying the word bomb at an airport. Any, any sympathy for him? And I went to my first football match at the weekend. It was... Um, that's interesting. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. You can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR as well. Now, we should tax fizzy drinks and then we should ban junk food adverts before 9pm. Is that really going to solve the obesity problem? The call comes from the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges, which represents around 200,000 UK doctors. It wants to see a dramatic shift in our relationship with junk food to avert the obesity crisis that we're constantly being reminded is just around a corner. Well, we can talk now to Dr Asim Malhotra. He's a cardiologist from the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges Obesity Steering Group. Good morning, doctor. Good morning. Now, you authored the report that makes these recommendations. What are the main ones? Well, I think that there are actually quite a few recommendations, up to 10, but you know, to concentrate on the two that you have uh, mentioned already, one is calling for a, a 20% tax on sugary drinks, and the other one is uh, calling for the ban of all junk food advertising before 9pm watershed, as well as on the internet. I, I think that the ban on junk food advertising is a fantastic idea because they look so colourful and so glamorous and kids go, yeah, I want that. You get a free toy with it. I want to go there. But the tax on, on, on fizzy drinks, is there any evidence that will work? Yes, actually, there is. So we, we've, there's been uh, health and fiscal modelling done already, especially in the United States. And a 20% tax on fizzy drinks would not only save thousands of heart attacks and strokes, prevent the development of type 2 diabetes, but also the revenue that would be raised from this could be used to subsidise healthier foods. But, but, you, but the revenue wouldn't subsidise healthier foods, would it? You can't specify where that extra tax goes. That just goes into the pot, doesn't it? Sure, but I think that if we, if we emphasise that, then hopefully that would, uh, could be utilised for that purpose. It doesn't, but, work, but, with, it doesn't work with alcohol, does it? Because alcoholics, the, 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 um, the, the revenue that goes up on, on alcohol, but they just buy less apples and, and, and less other things and, and still get the booze, don't they? Sure, but I think it, it's worked with tobacco. And uh, what I think the important point to be made here is uh, let's, one of the reasons that we did this review is that clearly we are not going to grips with the obesity problem. You know, 60% of the adult UK population are overweight or obese. One in three children by the time they leave primary school are overweight or obese, and that's increasing. And the reason that we're not beating or obesity is we've not tackled the root cause, mm. and the root cause is a food environment. Now, in terms of sugary drinks in particular, we know that up to a third of sugar consumption that children have is through these drinks. And these drinks are actually particularly harmful to health because sugar in liquid form um, is not only potentially toxic to the liver but it increases the risk of diabetes but what's most interesting and a lot of what, what a lot of people don't realize and the, the emerging evidence on science is telling us that sugar also has a role in driving appetite so yeah they're kind of empty calories that but you doctor, know, why should, kids... I, I, I like a glass of um, cream soda and and iron brew why, why should I be punished 
Well, you're not being punished, really. Ultimately, we want to do what's best for for people's health. And kind of actually, it's a really important point you make because there's nothing wrong with having the occasional treat. I I like the occasional treat myself, although I wouldn't touch these sugary drinks in particular. But um, the problem is our food environment is such and, and fueled by marketing is that what used to be the occasional treat has now become part of our daily diet. And Doctor, we have to end it there. Sorry to cut you short. I know you've got a busy morning ahead of you. Dr. Asim Malhotra, uh, he's from the Academy of Medical Royal College's Obesity Steering Group. Well, what, do you, what do you make of that? I, the un- I can understand the banning of, of junk food adverts before nine o'clock f- for kids, okay, because that will stop them seeing them. But fat people still watch TV after nine o'clock. I, I have evidence of this. I've seen this happen. I've seen a fat person watching television after nine o'clock. So... Will it have any effect on grown-ups? And this, this tax on the drinks, it's all very well and good saying, well, yes, the, the, the money that's generated from this tax could be used to promote healthier eating. But it doesn't work like that. It will go into the pot and would pay for roads. Or you, you can't specify where you want it to go. What would you do? How, OK, here's, here's the thing. You're, you're in charge of everybody's health in the UK. What would you do to solve the obesity problem? 08459 455 555. Um, we're talking about wind turbines. Uh, there's uh, talk of a uh, wind turbine uh, being built in Ravensden. Uh, it, it Ravensden. It's going to be huge, apparently. It's going to be absolutely massive. What do you think about that? Belle is in Ravensden. Good morning, uh, Belle. Oh, hello. Hello, Belle. You're, you're very uh, perky at this time of the day. Yeah, I know. I've got to go to work in a few minutes, so oh, okay. I'm up quite early. Oh, OK, well, 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 we'll keep focus on this. Uh, you live in Ravensden. Are you looking forward to this beautiful wind turbine coming? Um, I'm not at all, actually. I love wind turbines, but not in the place where it's going to be. In your back garden? Um, pretty much, yeah. Well, what, why? That seems a bit hypocritical, isn't it? Well, I think they're great, because in some places, like on coastlines, they can look amazing. But yeah. where they're going to put this, it's actually... Um, there's a major monument to Bedfordshire right. right next door, and it's going to take away from what I think is an actually quite beautiful building. So, Bill, some people would say this is nimbyism, not in my backyard, and it's it's finest. You're saying you like them, but just not not in Ravensdon, please. No, I think even if they did, I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't put one in Ravensdon anywhere. If it was right across the field, somebody where people couldn't really see it that much, and it didn't take away from something. But this water tower's been there since 1951. My dad was born, so it's quite a long time it's been there. And um, it just would totally take away from what is a quite a monument to Bedfordshire. But a water tower? Well, it's only Hang a water a tower, I, perhaps, I'm but just... you can see it from so far away. Yeah, I'm just Googling this water tower. That is flipping ugly. I wouldn't say it's ugly. I've always thought it's quite it's, beautiful. It's horrible! It's a hideous... <laughs> for those who don't know it, it's a tall... It looks like a hexagonal kind of tower, uh, white, with kind of three windows down uh, each side. You're... You're really saying that that's a, a beautiful monument we should be preserving? I honestly do quite really? like it. And do sometimes you? the lights are on, so it looks even more sort of magical. But it's something that people... I always use it if I go for a walk and end up getting lost, which <laughs> but is now, quite often. But now you can use the wind turbine, and it means if you get lost even further away, you'll have a, a bigger point of reference. I just honestly don't think that it's the right place to put it. OK, Belle, listen, thank you very much. Off you go to work. 08459. Four double five, five double five. What do you think about this wind turbine? I genuinely, this isn't me being uh, uh, c- contrary. I think they're stunning, and that this is the noise they make. Roo, 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 roo. That's, that's how relaxing, how peaceful is that? And the argument that it's it's going to get in the way 
of this water tower. I'm looking at a picture of the Ravensden Water Tower, and it's been there since 1952. It's not that long, really. And um, it doesn't look anything special, this, this water tower. It, does, it, it, it doesn't look like anything amazing to me. 08459 455 555. Is it just a case of nimbyism? Now, we're talking about this gentleman uh, who uh, said the word bomb in an airport. Said the word bomb in an airport. Was trying to get on a plane to uh, Lisbon, I think it was, on EasyJet. There was some fuss about his bag and he said, what, I've not got a bomb in there. Suddenly, surrounded by armed police and he's banned, escorted off the premises and he's banned from EasyJet for life. Well, Ray Farmer has uh, tweeted us uh, at BBC 3CR about uh, the man who said uh, bomb at the airport. The guy's an idiot, is what he says. The guy's an idiot. Well, he was a bit of an idiot. But really, banned from EasyJet for life? It seems a little bit uh, strong. Have you got any sympathy for this guy whatsoever? We've all done that when we're going through security, haven't we? Leaned over to our wives or our girlfriends and said, uh, you have hidden the bomb well enough, haven't you? Did you put the drugs in your left shoe or your right shoe? Luckily, I left my gun at home today. We've all done that, haven't we? I do that every time. I mean, I don't say it out loudly. I don't say it to the staff. And my wife hates it. I mean, absolutely hates it. And really tells me off. That's, therein lies the pleasure. Now, of course, I haven't taken drug or, uh, drugs or, or bombs through uh, customs for, for years. 08459 455 555. Have you got any sympathy for the bomb guy whatsoever? Uh, Pauline has texted in, I think wind turbines are majestic, but would be upset if one was built near me. Oh, and couldn't see it. So Pauline wants one. Stephen Luton, this wind turbine sounds like a cracking idea, doesn't it? No, not really. They're horrible. They cost us too much. Our bills are a lot dearer with them because the companies are investing so much money, they're putting our bills up to fund it. And we ain't gonna be really going to get the benefit of it anyway. Well, ultimately, we will get the benefit. Once, once we have enough wind turbines up to, uh, to, to generate the electricity, we'll, we'll get the money back. Well, let's put it this way. Right, if, if everything goes according to plan in your head and their head, right... Will we get, say, £100 off our electric bill, say, next year or in, the, or in the next couple of years? Can you see that? I can never see anybody dropping bills down. It's just, it's just garbage. It never happens. Unless they do something like that, then fair enough. But I, I don't... We've had the technology for that stuff for years. Yeah. But why do it now? I mean... Because we're running, out, we're running out of, um, of coal and gas and oil. Well, use nuclear. Well, that's, that's one argument. But with these wind turbines, Steve, they're less dangerous, they present no threat, and they're beautiful, aren't they? No, they're not beautiful. They're, they're, they're an eyesore. It's, it's better than a water tower in Ravensden. Well, I don't care. They're, they're an eyesore. And at the end of the day, it ain't just about what they look like. It's obviously always down to the ballpoint figure, isn't it? And at the end of the day, we're paying more for our bill to subsidise these... You know. But Steve, if they were to build uh, uh, nuclear um, generators, we'd have to pay more for those. Well, I don't know, but at the end of the day... Well, yeah. Yeah, all right, but it's down to the government as well for not investing, what, 20, 30 years ago? But then let's do the investment now, Steve, so that we're prepared for 30 years' time, for the year 2043. Lovely, yeah. Excellent stuff, indeed. See, I think we agreed at the end there. Stephen Luton, thank you very much. Indeed, 7.15, travel news. Sophie Tyler. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Heading south on the A1M, it's partly blocked with queuing traffic following an accident. Three vehicles involved between Junction 8 at Stevenage and 7 as well. Heading south on the M1, also slow between 11 at Dunstable and 10 at Luton Airport. And anti-clockwise on the M25, very slow at Junction 21 at the M1, while also slow again between Junction 26 at Waltham Abbey and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Usual delays in that area, though. And on the trains, don't forget we have delays of half an hour on First Capital Connect services on the Bedford to Brighton line following an electrical supply problem at Purley. Unfortunately, still ongoing from yesterday. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sophie. Morning, it's 7.15. It's uh, Monday the 18th of February. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Academy of Medical Royal Colleges is calling for tough measures to fight obesity in the UK, which it's calling a huge health crisis. A passenger has been banned for life from EasyJet flights after using the word bomb at London Luton Airport. In sport, MK Dons manager Carl Robinson says the club will appeal the sending off of striker Alan Smith at the weekend. The weather today, beds, hearts and bucks dry but cloudy with a top temperature of 7 degrees. Coming up, a Bedfordshire widow's life will finally get back to normal after years of living with raw sewage seeping from her garden. We find out more before 8 o'clock. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are so many ways to listen to Three Counties Radio. On FM 95.5, 103.8 and 104.5. On AM 630 and 1161. Online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. And now on DAB Digital Radio. Search for us, BBC 3CR. Bringing local radio to you in more ways than ever. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. Now, this is a story that a lot of you have got opinion on. I, w- I want you to listen to this and let me know if you have any sympathy for this man whatsoever or if you think he's an idiot. Okay, that's the question. Sympathy or is he an idiot? Should you be allowed to say the word bomb at airports? Brian McColgan joked with security officers about a bomb being in his bag. But as a result of that, he completely missed his flight to Lisbon and was banned from EasyJet, as he explained to our flight correspondent, Justin Dealey. Well, I walked up to... I, I wanted to get rid of my bag. Uh, I'm wandering around with this bag. It's me in the bag, you know. And you can't leave the bag anywhere. So I went over to the EasyJet thing, and it said three hours booking in early. So I walked over, and I said to the girl, I want to book this in. Oh, no, for security reasons, you can't take it in, or something like that. And I started to say, like a silly old man, I said... Well, if there was a bomb in it, love, if there was a bomb in it, I would, I would blow myself up, you know, standing next to it. See, then this other girl, she said, you can't mention that word, and if you do it again, we'll call security. And I said, well, OK, call security. A big manager comes straight right across the hall. He comes up and says to me, why have you disrespected the girls? I said, you weren't even here. I turned around, the guy's on the phone. I thought, oh, no, I walked back to him. I'm standing by him. I said, well, shake my hand, sir. I only, he shook my hand. I said, I only mentioned, I apologise to all of you, yeah? I goes out for a cigarette later on. This policeman comes up with a machine gun and another policeman with a big machine gun and they start questioning me about what did I say at EasyJet. I said, I never said anything, really. And I tried to explain myself. The next thing, the cops take my passport off me wanted my uh, driving licence, wrote it all down, 
And uh, he said, I'll go. I said, could we go somewhere private? I was feeling a bit embarrassed because two other security guys had come up. There's five of us standing there. Everybody's staring at us. I said, can we, we go somewhere private? He said, no, we're staying here. So anyway, he goes off. He said, I'll go and talk. How easy he comes back and he says, I'm afraid, Brian, that you will not be travelling with EasyJet again. Um, Ever. You're banned from EasyJet. For life. Yeah. You have to leave the airport complex now. I said, would I get my money back? He said, no. I said, I thought Robin Hood wore a mask. And what were you going to Lisbon for anyway? I've got friends over there. I like I like Portugal. I've travelled over there this year, and I've been uh, I've been in uh, Lisbon, and I've been in the Algarve, and I, I like it. You know. Okay. Just lastly, do, do you think that our listeners will have any sympathy for you? I know that that you, in your eyes, you feel that you've done nothing wrong. It was just a flippant comment, but you mentioned the word bomb in an airport. Do you think our listeners will have any sympathy for your case here? I don't really care, sir. I just feel a victim. I've been banned from EasyJet and for life. I've been told to get off the airport complex. I don't have a car, and I've had to walk nearly into Luton Town Centre. I'm, I'll be 65 on the 26th of February. I don't think that's a way to treat anybody, especially cops with machine guns. And this was all because you wanted to check your bag in early. You to got to the airport to yeah. get rid of your bag, yeah. and your point was, look, I just want to check my bag in. Yes, I'm slightly early, but what's the problem? There's hardly going to be a bomb in there because I'm going to be travelling on the aeroplane. It was just a, a comment that you made that you didn't think anything w- would happen oh, oh. afterwards. Well, I'm a threat to nobody, sir. I'm a, I'm a retired man. I'm a retired hospital poor and steel worker. I've worked 40 odd years. And, and to be told in my own country that a word that's in the English dictionary, and I didn't say I've got a bomb in the case. I said, if there was a bomb in here, love, it was a joke. I said, I'd blow myself up, wouldn't I? Mm. It's just nonsense the way they run that airport. Yeah. You're two hours queuing up to get in for security, and, and they take all your, your cream off you and all sorts. So, yeah, I, I feel annoyed there. Well, EasyJet declined our invitation to come on the show this morning, but they provided us with this response. It it changes um, person. So sometimes it's in the first person, sometimes it's in the third person. I'll read it as is. EasyJet can confirm that a male passenger was denied boarding this morning due to a comment made about carrying a bomb. This is from Friday morning. They say the safety and security of its passengers and crew is their highest priority. They take comments seriously and report them to the police where necessary. What do you think? Got sympathy for that fella? Silly thing to say, but guns in his face, banned for life, 08459 455 555. Well, our reporter, Justin Dealey, is at Luton Airport this morning. Justin, what have, what have people been saying? Of course, it, it was a joke or comment, whatever you want to make, that, that, that has gone wrong for Brian. At the end of the day, Ian, he mentioned the word bomb, but, but of course he wasn't carrying a bomb. Uh, this banned for life from EasyJet. I'm here at the airport this morning finding out what people think, and this is what people have had to say. Okay, Andrew, you have got sympathy for, for Brian's case. Tell us why. Well, I think it's a little bit harsh, really. What they should, should have done is take him to one side, give him a good telling off, and, and strip searched him. And then let him back on the plane after humiliating him. But to, to send him away completely is a bit crazy, really. If you're in the airport, you know the country we are, and then bomb, we know that everybody's in danger. And you don't have to mention that, that you got bomb. So you will get arrested. Even if you haven't got a bomb, if you haven't got a bomb, no sympathy from you no, whatsoever. No, no, because somebody have done that before, and then he got arrested, and they have to put him in jail. He don't put a people in a thread, because if he say bomb now, everybody will be running. Okay, Bruce, uh, your views on Brian? Have you got any sympathy for him at all? Well, only in the sense that I think if he'd uh, thought before opening his mouth, he'd, he wouldn't have said it. Do you think he's an idiot? And be honest. 
Um, that's probably a bit strong, but um, it was not a sensible thing to say, put it that way. So, Justin, most people kind of thinking he was a little bit silly. Yeah, a bit stupid. I mean, come on in. It's the year 2013. Again, I can see both sides of this one. Yes, Brian saying it was a joke. Look, I'm a man in my 60s. You know, I've done absolutely nothing wrong here. It was a comment that I made. It's a word that's in the English dictionary, but it is the year 2013. And I think anybody mentioning the word bomb, as you heard there from, from some of those people, you know, in today's society, you just cannot do that anymore. Justin, excellent stuff. Stay there. I want to talk to you on a separate matter in just a few minutes but before that uh, we can speak to dr julian richards an expert in international security from the university of buckingham good morning doctor morning uh, bomb threats obviously should be taken very seriously what do you think about what happened in this instance well um rather like your correspondent i i can see two sides of this mm. um in in that um the way it's turned out to him is probably not quite how he expected it to and and uh, he probably bitterly regrets saying what he said but um, the bottom line is that it's, they, they do have to take these things very seriously and they do have to apply um, the rules in an even-handed way. Um, just because he's a, an elderly gentleman, um, they, they can't treat him any differently from anyone else who, who, who says something like this. So they have to take it extremely seriously. Unfortunately, you know, we, we would all rather we lived in a world where um, the threat wasn't, wasn't the way it is. Um, so, so I think you know they've they've kind of done the right thing, you mm. know. But whether banning him for life is is sensible or not, I, I'm not sure. That may be a slight loss of perspective. Um, but basically, um, they have to take these things very seriously. Are there guidelines, Doctor, for for how security officials or behind the counter staff deal with people when the word bomb is mentioned? Well, yes. I, I mean, it's, I, they they have very. Um, developed training on these issues, um, as, as we would hope and expect that they did. Um, you know, whether, whether it says saying bomb is, is a, a trigger for anything, but um, basically it's any, any suspicious activity or behaviour by, by a, a passenger will trigger a series of effects, which is what happened here. They deemed this mm. suspicious, um, and so they had to, uh, you know, pull, press the button and, and initiate a load of procedures. Is there a danger... Uh, Doctor, that, that we're losing our sense of humour. Th- th- this man obviously didn't pose a threat. His, his, comment, his comment was stupid, but but flippant. Uh, are we losing our, our kind of human touch and our sense of humour? Possibly. I mean, I've, I do, certainly in the way it's followed through and things like banning him for life and so on, you know, that, that, that may be um, a loss of perspective. Um, it's, it's just one of those very sad things that, that there is a high level of threat. There, there still is, you know, even though nothing has happened recently, thank God, um, there still is a threat, and we have to take these things very, very seriously. And if you if you go to an airport, um, you just <laughs> just remember um, you can't joke about these things, unfortunately, at the moment. Why in some airports do I have to take my shoes and my belt off, and in some airports I don't? Well, yeah, I mean, they're... <clears throat> They're making judgments on the spot about um, whether they have a quick look at your shoes or they should do um, and, and decide on the spot. I mean, in a way, it's, it keeps you on your toes that when, when you go to the airport, you don't know whether you will be asked yep. to take everything off or not. So, um, so it kind of works, but it's down to the local officials, really, who decide whether they can be bothered to ask you to take everything off or not. <laughs> Julian, listen, thank you very much indeed, Dr Julian Richards, expert in international security from the University of Buckingham. Got any sympathy for this bloke? Not the doctor, I don't think we need to have sympathy for him, he sounds like he's having a rather happy and successful life. The fellow that said bomb at the EasyJet check-in counter in Luton Airport. 
any sympathy. Do you think that the, the staff there just need to um, chill out? Just calm down, get a sense of humour. 08459 555555. Justin, you still there? I'm still here, yes. Uh, can I say thank you so much for taking me to my first, my inaugural football match this weekend. Your pleasure. Um, we've had a, a text from uh, AWAS in Luton, who says, Morning Ian, hope you enjoyed the football on Saturday. <laughs> can you please replay Justin's prediction about Luton's match? <laughs> I haven't got the clip. But it says, yeah. and, and tell him, please don't ever do it again. Yes, what, yes. What was I your know. prediction, Justin? I, I think I said Luton were going to win 2-1. I think I said that because I was saying about this cut run. You said to me before, uh, Luton going head-to-head with Wolves. Have they got a chance? I said, they've got no chance. They won that game. You said to me, Luton going to Norwich. Have they got a chance? I said, absolutely no chance. Uh, They became the first non-league side, of course, to to beat top-flight opposition since the 1980s. So, the FA Cup fifth round, Millwall, I thought they had every chance. I said, yes, I think they'll win. I think they'll win 2-1. So, I think I've learnt my lesson the hard way. Keep your gob shut, Dee. I will do. I will do. (laughs) It was... uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, It was uh, was an exciting experience so uh, thank you for taking me and holding my hand <laughs> right. I, I, I don't know if i'll be going again oh, come on you can do it come on I, I didn't get the bug no what i liked was all you you and your mates right when the first two goals went in you went oh yeah they weren't very good goals though yeah. well they still count as goals that means that your team were worse than the team that was scoring not very good goals it was a letdown on saturday i, I don't know what it was where it could have been the early kickoff or something like that but i think that there was so much hype around this game when the game actually arrived um Sadly, the team didn't really turn up. So, you know, <laughs> obviously now it's back to the league. And if you want to come to a league game and the fight for promotion back to the Football League, you're more than welcome. Uh, just, um, I, I would love to discuss this further, but I'm afraid to have to press this button to introduce Sophie Tyler. We'll discuss that. Speak to my people about that, Justin. Thank you. Here is Sophie with the travel. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Heading south on the A1M, looking busy at the moment. It's partly blocked following an earlier accident involving three vehicles between Junction 8, Stevenage and 7 as well. Can take you around half an hour to get through that stretch. Congestion is back to Junction 9 at Letchworth. Southbound on the M1, also slow around Junction 11 at Dunstable and anti-clockwise on the M25. Usual delays in place between Junction 21A at St Albans and 19 at Watford. And again between 28 to the Brook Street Roundabout and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. 40 minutes worth of delay there. We're heading towards London on the M40. More delays between Junction 1A at the M25 and 1 at the Denham Roundabout. Everything else not looking too bad. A few uh, usual delays on the A1 and the A10 but nothing's going to hold you up for too long at the moment. But don't forget 30 minute delays on Firth Capital Connect on the Bedford to Brighton line following an electrical supply problem at Purley. Sophie Tyler BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much Sophie. 7.30 time for the news and sport now with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talk This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. The headlines, the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges is calling for tough measures to fight obesity in the UK, which it's calling a huge health crisis. A Bedford man is fighting for his life in Doncaster after a motorway pile-up on the A1M in Yorkshire. And a passenger has been banned for life from EasyJet flights after using the word bomb at London Luton Airport. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. MK Don's manager Carl Robinson says the club will appeal the sending off of striker Alan Smith at the weekend. Smith saw red in the 3-1 FA Cup defeat by Barnsley at Stadium MK. Robinson says he cannot understand the dismissal. The Smithy challenge is, 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 is borders on a joke. The referee said to me, contact in the head, back of the head. The contact is below the arm. 
He, he was just reaching with his arm and he, he goes to challenge. It's not a send. He couldn't wait to send them off. You've seen how quick he's reacted to it. He couldn't wait. It's the quickest movement all game. Luton Town manager Paul Buckle says he'll talk to managing director Gary Sweet today to discuss how the club moves forward. It follows their exit from the FA Cup after they were knocked out on Saturday, losing 3-0 to Millwall. Buckle wants to move on. I just thought everybody gave everything that they've got, which is, is all I can ask. What I've got to do now is, is, uh, is Monday have a good chat with the MD and try and take it forward again. Watford manager Gianfranco Zola has been praising his striker Troy Deeney, who scored two goals at the weekend in the 4-0 win against Birmingham at St Andrews. Watford are now third in the championship and Zola was delighted with Deeney. Troy is, uh, is uh, such a good player and, uh, and his physical condition is very good and uh, you can see that he's always, uh, he always poses a threat to the opposition and he work, works out for the others. In League Two, Wickham lost 1-0 at Bristol Rovers. In Rugby's Aviva Premiership, Saracens won by 31 points to 11 against Exeter at Allianz Park. Um, Bedford Blues won 28-27 against Plymouth Albion in the Championship. And England have called up three players as injury cover ahead of Saturday's Six Nations game with France at Twickenham. Wasps' Elliot Daly and Saracens' duo Will Fraser and Joel Tompkins have been drafted in as cover for Ben Morgan, Jonathan Joseph and Ben Foden. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at 8 o'clock. To cherish that person, to love them, support them. Do you, you spot? I played completely the wrong thing. I meant to play play this. Sorry, Catherine. Did, did anyone notice? No. Call oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. She's off for it. Quick, quick, Jim. Just a wet her whistle. Now, coming up in the next 30 minutes of the show here on BBC Three Counties Radio, I went to my first football match at the weekend. Oh, it was very exciting. It wasn't Arsenal versus Blackburn or Liverpool versus Swansea. It was Luton versus Millwall. You'll get to hear what happened in a second. Also, Connie Manning's sewage problem. Do you remember that? There was a lady, lovely lady, in her back garden. It was flooding and sewage was coming through. Yes, including jobbies. Well, did it get sorted? We'll find out in a bit. Now, as you've been uh, hearing all morning on Saturday, I went to my first ever football match. Three Counties reporter and all-round good guy, Justin Dealey, took me along to Kenilworth Road to watch Luton Town against Millwall in the FA Cup fifth round. We bought a bag of chips each. We wandered slowly, arm in arm, across the bridge. Some bloke walked into me. He was looking for trouble. I looked at the ground and said, sorry, sir. Well, earlier on in the show, we heard from fans before the game and at half-time when it was 2-0. Sadly for Luton Town, things got worse. In the second half. Exchange of one-twos. The ball could drop kindly for them. Does so. Taylor will save, but it goes in. And that is the end of the game. It's Ngesson who scores. Luton Town are knocked out of the FA Cup. It's 3-0 here at Kenilworth Road. Well, that's it. That's my first ever football game. It's over. It's 3-0 to Millwall. Luton Town are out of the FA Cup. So, what's your name? Jack Simmons. Jack, you're a Luton fan. You must be gutted. Disappointed. I don't think that we competed as well as we did at, at Norwich. We didn't test their goalkeeper at all. He hardly had a save until the last four or five minutes. Tyler didn't have that many shots to save. We gave a reasonable count, but I'm a bit disappointed that we weren't more... This is, this is the first ever football match I've ever been to, ever in my life. Is this a good one to start with? No. <laughs> Quite 
quite frankly, no. This isn't normal, is it? Look, there's loads of riot police on the on the pitch now. Does this happen normally? I think a lot of it has been made of 1985. I was here on 85 and it was a little bit frightening. But to be honest, they've been here 18 times since then and there hasn't been any bother. It's been hyped and hyped and that's a sad thing, really. They've, Millwall have changed, but the papers want to build it up into something that it really isn't. Listen, I'm really sorry you're out of the FA Cup. Best of luck. Good luck in the league. Well, just... That's it. That's my first ever football match. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, you picked the bad one to come to. <laughs> what uh, was that then? There was, there was no atmosphere. It was, well, I mean, the atmosphere at the start was exciting, but it was a bit flat. It was a bit flat. I think that the early kickoff time probably didn't help. The, the, the game's been hyped so much, and unfortunately, Luton just didn't turn up today. Everyone's going to go home disappointed because they had a big, big chance today to go through to the quarterfinal, and unfortunately, they couldn't take it. Your um, use of. Uh, Indoor language was well. You you were throwing those words out there. Yeah, but I think you joined in as well. That, that, I think I think that comes with football. Almost doesn't get too nasty. I think that's okay, isn't it? I think as well. I I I I think this. I don't know if you do. I really feel that you and I bonded a bit. That we're actually a little bit closer than yeah. we were two hours ago. I think so. so. So I think the big question for me is: Now you've done it once, will you be coming back? Um. Uh, uh, I'm busy then. Yeah, oh, it's a shame. It's a shame. But whenever you want to come again, you let me know and we'll get you in. Yeah. I went and everybody I met was absolutely delightful apart from the fellow who walked into me on the bridge he was an idiot but uh, everyone was wonderful Daly walks around like he owns that place though he was getting high fives from every <laughs> he's the ki- Justin Daly is the king of Luton Town honestly people always say alright Just alright JD loved your show this morning Just all of that stuff I looked like I was his dad going, going with him or something. Excellent. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I, I didn't get the football bug, unfortunately. Now, do you remember Connie Manning? Let me refresh your memory. She's a widow living in Bedfordshire who said she couldn't go on living if the problem with raw sewage continued. It floods her garden in Tottenham. Well, we sent our reporter Jessica Cooper to pay her a visit and have a look to see exactly what was going on. It's been hell, simply because the doggies want to go out and... Um no, that's that's quite an effort, keeping those two in. And an extra walking for me to take them out. But it's just the fact of just looking out into the garden and all your hard work for weeks and weeks, which I love. I love my garden. And it just looks like a heap of floating water with ghastly, ghastly, huge pancake patches of other people's I don't know what what word to use, but Mm. I think one uses the imagination to understand what I'm talking about and things that should never be in there. And horrified when the dogs have to pad over that or I have to get to the shed or open the garage door. It's horrendous. How has it been making you feel then? If you've been having to look at this for five years, out your window every day, what does it make you feel like? Well, it's sort of on and off for five years, not sort mm. of five years. I couldn't, I, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> but, um, well, horrendous. I don't know another word for it, actually. I just want to run away. And that's it. I, I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. 
That's okay, don't worry. What do you want to be done? What would make this better for you? Obviously the water sucked up and all the... I, I want it to, so that there's no germs left there because I, I, I want to go out there and pick hold of things of being near that or in it or something and I just want it back how it should look because it's a beautiful garden and I work hours in it. Well, you can tell that she was uh, very upset and distraught. Well, we spoke to Andrew Salou, the Conservative MP for South West Bedfordshire. He said he had called Anglian Water and they told him the problem would be sorted by today. Well, we can speak now to Kieran Nelson, who is a representative from Anglian Water. Morning, Kieran. Good morning. What, what caused this problem? Well, it, it was a simple problem, basically, of too much water for a pipe that wasn't able to uh, to cope with it. Um, we've got a long-term programme now to look into precisely why that happened in the first place. We, we did know that that was an issue. We, we identified we needed to do something to rectify it, and we were quickly moving towards rectifying it when, unfortunately, a neighbouring landowner to uh, Mrs Manning prevented us access to his land uh, to make the fix. Um, so that was why it took longer than it should have done to fix this. I mean, obviously, it's an horrendous situation for Mrs Manning to have found herself in and we, we apologised at the time and I'll apologise again for, for, for just how awful that must have been for her. Um, so that was basically a, a problem of, of an awful lot of water in, in a pipe that wasn't able to deal with it uh, and was not being able to get access to the land that we needed to to, uh, to make the fix. Did, I, I would always I would have assumed that, um, and obviously this isn't the case, that if, if someone was, was preventing you from having access that you needed, that you could kind of steam in there anyway. Is that not how it works? Well, in some cases, yes. In some right. cases, no. I mean, obviously, we don't want to be guilty of trespass no. in, the, uh, in the purpose of going about our, our job. Um, if we already have an asset on, on land, then yes, we do have a right of access, but mm. in, in other cases, no, we don't. I mean, we did make it clear at the time that we would use every legal power available to us to get the access, and uh, uh, we, what, what do you know, once we'd sort of started talking in those terms, we did manage to get the access. So, um, uh, but that, I mean, that's by the by, really. The most important thing is that we've done the work. Well, I was going to say, is it, is it, is it sorted, Karen? It is. It? Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. We, we've been working. We've had two crews working on site um, uh, ever since we were actually finally permitted access to, to the site. Um, we've actually had to do a bigger job than we thought we were going to. We've actually had to move the sewer a further 80 metres wow. uh, to, to connect further up the, uh, up the pipe, but we still managed to do that within the time frame that we set ourselves. Um, I'm not going to say there won't be people on site today doing a few little bits of uh, cleaning up and tidying up. I think that's quite normal after a job of this scale. Um, but, uh, I mean, ostensibly, the, 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 the problem is fixed, you know, for the moment, and we'll we will keep a very very close eye on it and make sure that what we've done has had the desired effect. So, Kieran, we can, we can guarantee that Connie Manning will not be having any jobbies in her back garden anymore. Well, we'll, we'll we will keep an exceptionally close eye on it, and the first time the system is put to test, when it perhaps rains heavily, we'll, we'll be we'll be looking closely to make sure it's done exactly what we thought it was going to. Um, our, our priority is always to get these things fixed, um, but we're, we're confident that what we've put in place should work uh, and should do the right thing for for Mrs. Manning. Kieran, good for you. Well done. It's always nice to have a. a, a Happy resolution to a story. Thanks for sorting out. Thanks for coming on. No problem. You're welcome. There you go. Kieran Nelson, representative from Anglia Mortal. Well, that's nice, isn't it? Because that was a terribly upsetting story. And it's good that it's kind of turned out well. I'll do the papers, shall I? Shall we have a look at the front page of the newspapers? Yeah, why, why not? 7.43. I'm in that kind of mood. I'm a bit peckish. Right? I've, but I've decided, since my son has started bouncing on my tummy, what he calls my fat tummy... Uh, I've decided bread and uh, bread and chocolate is out for well for the rest of the month. I know that's not too long to go, and then we'll see how it goes after that because those are the problem things. So no bread and chocolate. So I'm hungry. All I've had is a bo- bowl of rice krispies. They're, I mean they're they're tasty. They don't really fill you, do they? 
We'll do the papers in a minute. Let's go to a, a caller about these wind turbines. Uh, Clay's in Enfield. Morning, Clay. Yeah, good morning, Ian. This, this, this wind turbine that's being proposed, fantastic, isn't it? No. Any wind turbines proposed anywhere near residential property is not fantastic. Far from it. Let's deal with your guy that you had on for Renewable UK. Yep. He stated he'd taken coach loads of people, two wind turbines, stood them underneath, and it wasn't noisy. Uh, is that a correct summary of what he said? I believe that he said that the noise was minimal, yes. Right, OK, let's deal with that noise. If you go to a rock concert, where's the quietest place to stand? Right underneath the speakers. Um, wind turbines are governed by something called ET297, which by its virtue of its title was developed in 1997 when wind turbines were only 50 metres high absolute maximum. Right. It takes no account whatsoever for something called aerodynamic modulation noise. Wowzers, Which you, is throwing the noise. aerodynamic modulation noise. Uh, yes, okay. AM. Yes. Yeah, not amplitude modulation no. like you would be used to, but aerodynamic. Yes. And the explanation of that is, as the wind turbines have got bigger, what's yeah. happening is you have a different wind speed at the top of the blades to the bottom. Yeah. You did a very good impression of it. The <laughs> thump, thump. Yeah, yeah, you did a great impression of that. Thank you. Thank you, Clay. Um, my party record piece. it, record it, put oh. it on a loop, and yeah. try, put it, put it on your headphones at night, and try yeah. going to sleep with it. Oh, I'd love to. I could totally go to sleep with that noise. If that's it, if that's the noise... <laughs> Chinese water torture. No, it's not. I could go to sleep with that. It's and wonderful, I'm not being relaxing. An no, no, I'm not being an no, 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 I'm not. I'm not being deliberately contrary. I genuinely think that's a very relaxing, peaceful noise. It's like the sea. You ever oh, slept? Well, I... You ever slept in a house by the sea? Yes, I have. I've what? actually slept in a house that was a watermill. <laughs> of course, you have, Clay. Well, I-, I slept in a house by the sea, and it's it, the first. It's quite noisy, quite distracting. But then once you get into the rhythm of it. Oh, it's beautiful, Clay. It's the, the most peaceful night's sleep I've ever had. Yeah, I think the uh, aerodynamic modulation noise would, would uh, keep you away. But they look it's wonderful the as well, don't they, Clay? This isn't near people's houses. This is miles away. It looks wonderful. Well, I think the Angel of the North is a complete monstrosity. I, I agree with you there. Holder. I agree um, with you there. I think, it's, I think that is a ridiculous uh, thing. But a, I mean, a wind turbine, it's beautiful. I, I it's God's battery. I disagree with you. Um... Uh, a wind turbine might be beautiful in some people's eyes, not in mine personally. Okay. Um, I, the, the visual impact is, is one thing. Yeah. My personal thing is I'm not being nimby. It's not a case of not in my backyard. It's a case of not in anyone's backyard. Hey, listen, we have to end it there. Thank you for putting your point uh, so well and introducing what I like to call a little bit of science. I think they look fantastic. It's God's Wind Up Radio. Right, let's get the travel news now. 7.46. Here's Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still looking busy out on the motorways this morning. Southbound on the A1M, we're looking at delays still, and it's partly blocked following an accident involving three vehicles between Junction 8 at Hitchin and 7 at Stevenage. Congestion back to Junction 9 at Letchworth. Going to take you around half an hour to get through that stretch. Anti-clockwise on the M25, also looking at delays at Wade Expect between Junction 21A at St Albans through to 19 at Watford, and also again between 28 to the Brook Street Roundabout and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. London bound 
Round on the M40, also slow between 1A at the M25 and 1 at the Denham roundabout. Elsewhere, looking at some usual delays, particularly on the A1 on the Great North Road and on the A10 as well. And also on First Capital Connect, don't forget we have delays of 30 minutes on the Bedford to Brighton line, so do check before you travel this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sophie. Right, 7.47, Monday the 18th of February. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Academy of Medical Royal Colleges is calling for tough measures to fight obesity in the UK, which it's calling a huge health crisis. A passenger has been banned for life from EasyJet flights after using the word bomb at London Luton Airport. In sport, Chelsea captain John Terry has denied reports he's fallen out with interim manager Rafa Benitez. And coming up, should there be a fat tax on food and drinks that we know are bad for us? 08459 455 555. Let's get the weather now. Here's Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Well, there's a bit of cloud out there, some mist patches as well, a bit of everything this morning, even some frost out there across the three counties as well. But we will see uh, the skies clear, brightening up nicely through the morning, some sunshine around through the late morning. First part of the afternoon as well, lots of sunny spells about, temperatures up to 7 or 8 degrees Celsius later on for High Wycombe, uh, St Albans and uh, Luton as well. 8 degrees Celsius is 46 in Fahrenheit. Just a light southeasterly breeze, but it is going to feel quite chilly in more exposed areas, uh, despite the sunshine, because it is quite a quite cold wind that uh, that's coming coming up uh, from the southeast through the rest of the day today. Now into this evening and overnight, a much colder night. Temperatures dropping to minus one, minus two degrees Celsius quite widely across the three counties. Again, we'll see a frost into tomorrow morning and some mist and fog patches out there as well. Uh, that should clear reasonably quickly through the course of the morning. Again, lots of brightness developing, some sunshine around tomorrow. Temperatures up to seven or eight degrees celsius once more so two fairly sunny days i have to say a little bit of cloud coming and going it is going to stay dry for the rest of the week good news for half termers out there but i'm afraid from wednesday onwards it is looking really rather cloudy and it will get progressively colder as the week wears on as well temperatures by day on thursday and friday only up to around two or three degrees celsius a chilly easterly wind as well but at least some sunshine out there for most of us today that's the forecast thank you very much elizabeth Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Horse meat is on the menu again this morning. Later on, the big supermarkets will be meeting the, with the Environment Secretary Owen Paterson for talks on how to restore consumer confidence. And the boss of Iceland, Malcolm Walker, has claimed that b- the blame really lies with local councils for buying food from a poorly supplied catering industry. We can get an update now from our reporter, Gavin Lee. Gavin, we've heard that consumer confidence in processed supermarket food is low. Mm. What can this crisis meeting actually achieve? Well, it's interesting because all of the, the big supermarket chains, so supermarkets like Tesco, Asda, uh, Morrisons and Sainsbury's, all meeting for the first time with Owen Paterson, the Environment Secretary, first time since the criticism from Downing Street that they've not done anything to meet the press or to at least explain to the public uh, exactly what has gone wrong and what they're doing to, to sort it out. And um, this will be a chance for the top bosses to reassure Owen Paterson that there are checks and balances in place and that I think there'll be a bit of negotiation 
conversation taking place as to what they can do to shorten the supply chain, which we've spoken about so often, which is you know so long and so mm. uh, befuddlingly complex. And, and the other thing that's going to come out of this, we expect, is that there will be this labelling system at some stage that comes in place of processed food. So if you walk into a supermarket, get a lasagna or get a cottage pie, there will be a sticker on it that says from Germany, from Romania, or better still, from, from the UK. And then the second thing is what you pointed to, consumer confidence, how to get people back to the supermarkets. Um, and it comes in light of these lots of surveys, the latest one from the Consumer Index showing that about a a quarter of people are buying less processed meat, about a, a fifth of people are buying less meat in general, and two-thirds of people are choosing to buy their meat from butchers and independent suppliers in, instead. So it's it's a way of saying that, you know, we can be more transparent and you don't have to go away. Very quickly, Gavin, the, the, over the weekend, the Iceland boss yeah. has come out and said what he thinks is going wrong. Rather unusual take he's got, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, he's come out on the front foot. This is Malcolm Walker, who he said that supermarkets are not to blame. This is one or two rogue suppliers of the supermarkets testing his good and i quote we can say we haven't been testing for horse well why would we we don't test for hedgehog either um he was asked whether that was a flippant response he said well if you're going to blame somebody stop with the local authorities the whole side to this industry is invisible schools hospital the catering side is a massive business for cheap food based on one thing price gavin listen thank you very much I, i'm finding this whole thing fascinating and uh, uh d- 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 I do think maybe this Malcolm Walker, the head of Iceland, and I've always got an interest in Iceland. My first ever job was at B-Jams, which then became Iceland. Um, has he done a Ratner's? He says that he doesn't eat um, those, those ready meals. Why would he? 08459 555. On Tuesday night, there's three games, six teams, and one place to hear them all. Three Counties Sport offers you live commentary on Ipswich versus Watford. Goes for the far corner and scores! Alvin Abney makes no mistake this time! Macclesfield against Luton. Martin gets in the cross and the header is in for Montre Gray. And Stevenage Oldham. A race shot. Well, it's fast in and Stevenage have found the lead already. Three games live on Three Counties Sport. Tuesday night from 7, BBC Three Counties Radio. So... What's nearly four times the height of the Angel of the North and one and a half times the height of Nelson's Column? It's not a hilarious joke. Calm down. It's not a fun quiz for you guys either. It's actually what a proposed wind turbine in Bedfordshire could look like. And it's angered villagers who lived near the proposed site in Ravenston near Bedford. Well, Bruce, Edford, uh, Bruce Edwards sorry, lives in Ravenston. Morning, Bruce. Good morning. What's the problem with this turbine? Well, I think um, in this particular instance, we need to look perhaps at the wider perspective because um, it's not just one turbine we have here, but we have them scattered across the whole of the UK. And there's an interesting proposition that um, if we took away the subsidy that is offered by HMG to conform to the political diktats from the build of these turbines, I suggest perhaps we wouldn't have any built at all. It's very much a question of um, um, giving away the money which is collected from the consumer in little dribs and drabs from all their utility bills, rounding it all up and giving it in a nice fat package to the landowner on whose ground the wind turbine sits. Bruce, I hate to, t- hate to break the news to you, but we are running out of uh, um, coal and gas and electricity and we have to do something pretty sharpish so that my kids and my grandkids can have electricity. Yes, well, unfortunately, wind turbines are not reliable. They are very small. This one is a, a, uh, a very small, it's a half a megawatt. 
Now, we did have a power station in Bedford, and the production from that was 180 megawatts. Okay, but we need to start somewhere. It's one wind, wind turbine. As I say, we're running out of gas. We're running out of gas. We're running out of gas, coal, electricity, Bruce. Yeah. What, what do you suggest we do instead? Um, we should have actually left the generating board, for whom I worked for many long years, to keep the power supply going. We did have... But we didn't, so we have to do something now. What do we do now, Bruce? It's all very well and good saying, oh, it's it's all to do with money and it's all corruption and it's all... What do you suggest we do now instead, then? Um, Well, actually, we're not running out of power, as you would suggest. We're running out of gas, electricity and coal. Yes, we are. That's a fact. Um, I don't think so, actually. It's the way in which we use them. It's a fact, Bruce. There is Um, a limited supply. You're talking to a guy who worked for the generating board. He was in resource planning. Good for you. Good for you. all these things. It's a a fact, Bruce, that we are running out. We will run out of coal, coal, uh, gas... Uh, and oil. We, we, we will. There's not a um, limitless so supply. you are going to be reliant on wind power, are you? Well, no, no Bruce. You, you're, you're ignoring the question. I'm asking you what you would do. Not what we should have done 30 years ago. What you would do now to provide for my children and my grandchildren when we do eventually run out of those, uh, those things. Um, well, you could say cut down the use of power, couldn't you? Yes, and we do that in our house. What, what else are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Are you going to support the concept, then, of supplying the country with power from wind turbines? Bruce, Bruce, I'm asking you. You don't want this wind turbine. What do you suggest we do? Stop throwing questions at me. What do you suggest we do instead of having wind turbines? We could, in fact, accelerate the nuclear generation programme, which was in place 20 years ago and was suspended at the time of privatisation. OK, so we could do nuclear. OK, that's, that's a, a, a suggestion. That's a sensible suggestion. Why, why does that ex- exclude wind turbines? Um, because it replaces them. You see, the only concept we have for wind turbines is to fulfil the green energy requirement as laid down by the politicians. Now, nuclear energy, believe it or not, is completely green. It does not produce CO2. What about the nuclear waste? And the nuclear waste... Uh, That's not green, is it? say that if you build a house in Cornwall, yeah. you have to be very careful to ensure that your house is sitting on foundations. Right. That, um, Why are we speaking cap- in riddles? What, what, what about the nuclear waste is the question, Bruce? I don't understand the riddles. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> We have dealt with nuclear waste for an awful long time but it's not and complete, very successful. But it's not completely green, is it? Because I, I don't know much about it. I would imagine that nuclear waste isn't very green. Um, <clears throat> insofar that we can deal with it, there is not a problem. OK, but then, but then you have to be so careful when you're throwing... You're, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of implying that the, the, the wind turbine people are, are throwing out mistruths. You're doing the same by saying that nuclear energy is completely green. Well, yes, it, it is. isn't, is there? There's, yes, there's, it is. Yes, it is. Well, it isn't, because nuclear waste, I mean, nuclear consider, waste isn't green. If you consider a wind turbine, such as the one we're talking about, is half a megawatt. Riddles. No, but, but Bruce, you're going off, you, just, you can't say that nuclear energy is completely green when there is nuclear waste as a direct result of it. That's not green, is it? <clears throat> it's not green to drive your go. car to the studio. Bruce, stop talking in riddles! <laughs> I know it's not green to drive my car to the studio, for goodness sakes! But you can't say... Uh, by the way, I'm enjoying this, are you? Mm. Yeah. Well, the, the other thought no. I, will leave, I will give you to yes. so that you can play around with this one on, is that the, we have to look at uh, cost-benefit analysis, not just on the financial terms, yes. but also on the yeah. energy terms. And if you think that a wind turbine actually has to be manufactured, carried, yes. installed, no. connected to the grid, I know. and all the energy that is used yeah. for the construction and so on of yeah. this particular machine yeah. has to be generated. Bruce, interestingly enough, the machine that you stick up yes. will take an awful long time to generate the same energy that it took to actually install it. But it will do eventually. Bruce, we have to end it there. 
We have to end it there. I enjoyed that a lot. It was good sport. I do get frustrated when people answer me with riddles and answer a question with a question, but Bruce, I enjoyed that. Thank you very much for coming on and putting your point forward. Right. Oh, a bit of sport before 8 o'clock. That's fun. Travel news now. Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still looking much the same out there at the moment. Southbound on the A1M, still slow following the earlier accident involving three vehicles, between eight at Stevenage and seven as well. Congestion back to Junction 9 at Letchworth. Now, anti-clockwise on the M25, we're looking at delays where you'd expect between St Albans at 21A through to 19 at Watford and again at between Junction 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Going to take you 40 minutes to get through that stretch and on the London-bound carriageway of the M40, also slow between 1A at the M25 and one at the Denham roundabout. 30 minute delays on First Capital Connect services on the Bedford to Brighton line. Everything else not looking too bad at all. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sophie. I enjoyed that with Bruce. I did. It was it was it was a good bit of good way of waking up my brain on a Monday morning. But nuclear energy is not completely green. You can't you can't say that. What about the waste? Anyway, that was fun. We'll talk more about that and the gentleman that said bomb at an airport after the news and sport with Catherine Boyle. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's 8 o'clock. The headlines, fizzy drink tax back on the table, easy jet ban bomb joker and wind turbine row in Ravenston. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Academy of Medical Royal Colleges is calling for extra taxes on fizzy drinks as well as a ban on junk food adverts while children are watching television. James Gallagher has the details. The UK has one of the highest obesity rates in the world, with nearly a quarter of adults classed as obese. The Academy of Medical Royal Colleges, which represents around 200,000 doctors in the UK, has called for a dramatic shift in our relationship with junk food. It's condemned fizzy drinks for being nothing more than water and sugar and called for taxes to boost prices by at least 20%. It also wants adverts for foods high in fat, sugar or salt to be banished until after the watershed. However, the government said its focus was on working with the food industry to reduce the calorie content of food. The consumer group Witch says more than half of the UK's train companies have been found to have a customer satisfaction score of 50% or lower. The annual rail satisfaction survey found that only one-fifth of train users surveyed felt services were improving, despite above-inflation ticket price rises. The operator First Capital Connect came bottom of the table of 19 companies. A passenger has been banned from EasyJet's flight for the rest of his life after using the word bomb at check-in. Brian McColgan says he wasn't serious and security staff overreacted when they removed him from the flight and had him escorted from the premises. Dr Julian Richards, an expert in international security from the University of Buckingham, he says staff can be forgiven for missing the joke. Banning him for life and so on, you know, that, that, that may be um, a loss of perspective. But there is a high level of threat. There, there still is, you know, even though nothing has happened recently, thank God, um, there still is a threat and we have to take these things mm. very, very seriously. And if you, if you go to an airport... Um, you just just remember, um, you can't joke about these things, unfortunately, at the moment. 
A group of Ravenston residents say their part of North Bedfordshire will be ruined if plans for a 78-metre-high wind turbine get the go-ahead. Campaigners are worried about the visual impact of a structure four size, times the size of the Angel of the North, as well as the noise it might generate. Rob Norris from Trade Association Renewable UK says they may be pleasantly surprised on that score. It's only allowed to be um, as quiet as the sort of gentle swish of the blades heard from about uh, uh, 800 metres away. We take coach loads of people to wind farms and stand them right underneath them and the first thing they say is I thought it'd be really noisy and it isn't. St Albans Curry House's Brush with Fame has been made into a short film for the inaugural St Albans Film Festival. Actors will be recreating the moment Tom Cruise tucked into a tikka masala at the Virdara in the town. He was forced to ask his friends to help pay the bill when his American Express card was rejected. In sport, Luton Town Manager Paul Buckle says he'll be talking to Managing Director Gary Sweet today to discuss the way forward following the Hatter's exit from the FA Cup over the weekend. And the weather, dry but cloudy with a top temperature of 7 degrees Celsius, that's 45 Fahrenheit. There's more news and sport online at BBC bbc.co.uk slash three counties bbc three counties radio first for news morning this is ian lee bbc three counties radio Uh, in about 13 minutes time jonathan vernon smith will pop in and tell us what's happening on his show this morning but between now and nine on this show lots of stuff coming up as always would like your opinion on them including Attacks on fizzy drinks and a ban on junk food adverts before 9pm. That's what doctors are calling for to tackle obesity. We'll hear from the man who's been banned from EasyJet for life for saying the word bomb at an airport. Bomb. Got any sympathy for him at all? And a St Albans curry house has been, uh, been made into a short film after Tom Cruise ate a curry there. Actors in cruise masks have recreated the moment for the movie. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. I'm aware I'm a little bit behind on them. I'll read them shortly. Or, look, all the phone lines are free. Now is an excellent time to give me a call. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Doctors want a tax on fizzy drinks and a ban on junk food adverts before 9pm. Because apparently fat people don't watch telly after 9 I think it's mainly to stop the kids, really, but uh, it's all part of it. The call comes from the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges, which represents around 200,000 UK doctors. It wants to see a dramatic shift in our relationship with junk food to avert the obesity crisis we are constantly being reminded is just around the corner. Well, Professor Clem McPherson is chairman of the National Heart Forum. Good morning, uh, Clem. You've been asking for much tougher action from the government for a while now. Are you happy with the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges that that, that they're at? to that pressure? Well, I haven't read the report, I must say, because it's just come out, hasn't it? Um, so I don't, I don't know whether I'm happy with it or not. It sounds quite sensible from what I've heard. Attacks on fizzy drinks. Is that, is that really going to make any difference? Because the only comparisons I can think of are, are, are smoking and alcohol. Yeah, it makes a difference in both cases. Well, with alcohol, because if you're an, if you're an alcoholic... Yeah. You're still going to find you're going to find ways to buy the alcohol. You're just not going to buy apples or something. Yeah, but how do you get to be an alcoholic? By finding, by finding booze cheap to buy. No, that's not how you become an alcoholic at all. Well, it's, it's a, how you become an alcoholic. Well, no, no, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a medical condition, isn't it, alcoholism? No, I think it's an acquired medical condition, yeah, but it's, I mean, it basically, in order to become an alcoholic, you've got to drink a lot for a long time when you're quite young. And you can't I do don't think so. I don't, it's, I don't think that's the, 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 how the World Health Organization recognise it. It's, 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 a, it's a medical condition. You're an alcoholic. You're prone to, you're prone to it. Yes, you have to start with that first drink. Okay. But Let's not talk about being an alcoholic because it's irrelevant to this discussion. And also, you're wrong. Yes, OK. But, 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 <laughs> is it, well, no, but it's kind of irrelevant because it, people will still find a way to buy that 
those fizzy pops, whether it's, if it's 20 pence more in a bottle, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, nothing, yeah, is yeah, it, yeah. really? Yeah, of course, some will do that. But we're talking about a population phenomenon where most people are more, more heavy than they should be. Most people in the population yes. are heavier than they should be. And it's not just a minority thing, it's a, it's a general thing. And it's going up, and the proportion of people who are overweight is going up. What things would you like to see done, uh, Professor? Well, I think that taxing fizzy drinks is a very good idea because it means that people can, can they're more inclined to drink less fatty things like water and less, fat, and less fattening liquids, and that, and that would give rise to much lower levels of obesity. The, pro- the problem is that the food industry essentially has to provide us with around about 40 or 50 or 60 extra calories a day. Otherwise, uh, you know, they won't make profits, and that's what's making us fat. Do you think that the horse meat scandal has... has um, one of the things that we, we seem to have lost is how to prepare meals. And so we all go and get these lasagnas for 99 pence and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, we've forgotten how to cook and how to make healthy meals at home. Do you think that the, the, this scandal will perhaps jog some people on to, to, to well, cook at home? That, it means that the degree of control over our food chains needs to be tightened up. Clearly, that's obviously why the, we got horse meat in our beef. Uh, because people could get away with putting it in our beef and no one was checking on them adequately. And the same is true for uh, processed foods. People need to have restrictions on the amount of processed foods they can readily and easily buy, because otherwise they're going to get too fat. And you need, we need to have monitors and controls on, the, on the, what kind of food people can eat. And, and so it's safe, and so it doesn't give rise to large quantities of people being obese. There are some people, Clem, who would say, for goodness sakes, come on. Let, let me eat what I want to eat. If I want to go and eat five McBurgers, then God damn it, I'm going to do that. Leave me alone. Yeah, no, people, I'm sure that's fine. Absolutely fine. If you want to do that, that's absolutely fine, but it should be made less easy. Uh, Clint, listen, thank you very much indeed. Professor Clint McPherson there from uh, the chairman of the National Heart Forum. It should be made less easy. What do you think? Listen, it's easy for me to talk about this because I'm slim. Ish, I'm getting a little bit of a pot belly, but so, so I, it's kind of easy for me to be judgmental and um, uh, uh, you know say what I think should be done. What do you think? Do you agree with the professor there um, that we should make it less easy for people to access these foods? Isn't it our right to eat what we want to eat when we want to eat it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. JVS is uh, is going to be on at nine o'clock on the big phone, and he's asking, "Will a tax on fizzy drinks stop people being fat?" I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't think that bit will work. That's just to generate revenue, isn't it? John says on Facebook, people are prepared to keep buying cigarettes at close to eight quid a packet. A few pennies on fizzy drinks won't make any difference. I don't think it will. And we did go off on a slight tangent there about um, boozers. But uh, people will always find a way to get what they want. They'll just buy... They won't buy those apples or those bananas. They won't buy that salad. I'll get some iron brew instead. Maggie in uh, Lidlington has texted. The government should ban supermarket deals like buy one, get one free. They're making us greedy and fat. Maybe the way forward would be the government to offer free courses on healthy fast food on a budget. Why? Why would you ban bog-offs? They don't make you fat. They quite often make you buy things you don't necessarily want. Because you see it's buy one, get one free. Oh, I wouldn't normally buy that. I'll have that. But don't make us fat. You just buy one and put put it it in the freezer. I, I do worry... That choice is being restricted. Do you know what I think the problem, why we have fat kids? I'll say it. Bad parenting. If you've got a fat kid, you're a bad parent. Oh, my, my medical condition. If you've got fat kids, you're a bad parent. 
okay? Because you're not doing what is right for your kids. You are not making them get off their backsides and go out and play football. You're not making them walk to school. You're not feeding them healthy food. You're not cooking them proper, proper meals. You're letting them stuff their face with chocolates and burgers. If you've got fat kids, you're a bad parent. 08459 oh, four double five five double five. It's as simple as that. That's where the blame and the responsibility lies. Not putting a tax on, on, on Pepsi or, or, or Fizzy Pop. It's your fault for giving them too much Pepsi and Fizzy Pop in the first place. There. I've said it. I've been thinking it all morning and I finally come out and said it. You've got fat kids, you're a bad parent. 08459 oh, four double five five double five. Call 0845-455-555-BBC-3-Counties-Radio-BBC-3-Counties-Radio-BBC-3-Counties-Radio-BBC-3-Counties-Radio-BBC-3-Counties-Radio-BBC-3-Counties-Radio-BBC-3-Counties
We do all of that, Ian. As I said, a lot of it is down to the medication that he's on. Well, if the medication is, is increasing his weight, then yes, that's, that's, that's a different thing, and then you are slightly outside of the Venn diagram circle that I'm drawing. <laughs> Thank you, because I really wouldn't like to be called a bad parent having... Well, struggled for the last three years to keep my son alive. Well, and I think, Sarah, I think you're being a little bit mischievous because you you know that you're not, that you you are atypical I, I in that situation. So I, you're I being am, naughty, I Sarah. I, I am, absolutely. You're being very naughty. I'm, I'm being incredibly naughty. How are, things, how are things looking for the boy? Um, uh, to, to be honest, at the moment, they're not very good at all. He is, um, we're having to go back to the psychiatrist yep. because he's, um, He's been talking over the last three or four weeks about the fact that he cannot do another 50 years of this and oh, he wants Sarah. to die. Oh, Sarah, I'm sorry. That's, that's a terrible thing for any parents yeah. after here. Of course it is. Yes, of course so, it so is. Not, not brilliant at the moment, but hopefully we'll get back on the bandwagon and we'll keep fighting. Is it a good doctor that you're seeing? One you've got faith in? Um, our GP is fantastic. Um, I don't have an awful lot of um, faith in the mental health team. Yeah. Um, because unfortunately what they seem to like to do is to do the think happy, feel happy, be happy philosophy. Hey, fake it, to, fake it to make it. I, indeed, rather than treat the actual condition. And is there anything that can be done with the Tourette's? I know that, that, that there's not a lot that can be done, but are, are they making progress with that? Um, th- they are. The biggest problem um, we have with the Tourette's is that the majority of drugs that you treat Tourette's with can cause depression. Um, and if you're already suffering from a deep depression, to be put onto the Tourette's drugs you don't go there. just encapsulates it, and that's why he's as poorly as he is. Well, Sarah, listen, I wish you both the best of luck. Thank you very much. But, you are, but you are very naughty. I know. Naughty, Sarah. But thanks for calling. <laughs> Thank lots, you, of, yeah. lots of luck. I hope everything kind of works out uh, for you and your son. 8.15, naughty, Sarah. Naughty. Travel news, Sophie Tyler. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Heading southbound on the A1M, still looking slow following the earlier accident. Three vehicles involved, just between Junction 8 at Stevenage and 7 as well. Anti-clockwise on the M25, one lane closed in queuing traffic following an accident. It's between Junction 16 at the M40 and 15 at the M4. Congestion back to Junction 21 at the M1, really adding to the usual morning delays there. And very slow as well, with 40 minutes worth of delays between Junction uh, 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Now heading into Watford, Clarendon Road is Fairly busy this morning just after Woodford Road and A405 at North Orbital Road. Also heavy around Junction 25 at the, uh, at the sorry, Junction 21A of the M25 there at the roundabout. And on the trains, we are looking at delays of 30 minutes on East Midlands trains between Bedford and St Pancras International following a signal problem at Luton, also affecting First Capital Connect. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sophie. <laughs> Morning, it's 8.16, nearly 8.17. It's Monday the 18th of February. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Academy of Medical Royal Colleges is calling uh, for extra taxes on fizzy drinks as well as a ban on junk food adverts while children are watching television. The consumer group, which says more than half... I was reading the question mark there, you see. says more than half of the UK's train companies have been found to have a customer satisfaction score of 50% or lower. In sport, Chelsea manager Rafa Benitez says he was surprised to read reports in yesterday's newspapers that he and captain John Terry have fallen out. The weather today in beds, hearts and bucks, dry but cloudy with a top temperature of 7 degrees. Coming up, residents in Harlington in Bedfordshire will tonight meet to discuss the Gypsy and Traveller site which could be built in the village. We hear more before 8.30. BBC Three Counties Radio. Did you know you can get in touch with BBC Three Counties Radio wherever you are? Via Twitter, at BBC3CR. Join us on Facebook... 
facebook.com slash bbc3cr. Call us on 08459 455 555 or text us on 81333 and start your message with 3CR. Getting beds, hearts and bucks talking. BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> um, Jonathan Vernon-Smith is here. Hello. I went to the football this weekend. I know with, you did. How um, butch. It was very butch. I was telling you that I was... the uh, agenda, You know when you get mental people, like proper hardcore lunatics that watch, mm. just want fights? Oh, yes. There was a gentleman like that on the bridge who was, wa- he, he was walking towards me and Justin and we both saw him and so he looked at the ground and I could see he was walking towards me. So I walked out of the way. He did the thing of kind of stepping in my way and then hitting me with his shoulder as he walked past oh. and then gave me a dirty look as if to say, do you want some? And I, of course, just looked at the floor and went, sorry, sir, and uh, carried on walking. But it just reminds me of being 15 and being beaten up just disgusting it's one of the reasons why i have no interest in football because my perception is you get quite a lot of people like that at football matches it was very tense Mm. there was an atmosphere there and all the riot police were there because it was millwall luton and all the some of those chants i was told it would just be fun chants fun like we two nil tune come on the loot some of those chants are very very offensive are they they were sexually offensive they were uh swearingly offensive one of them was racially offensive what yeah well why is that still allowed i don't know well it was i'm gonna say it okay because it's not i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say i've I've done the check in my head it was it was one of the teams i think it was millwall shouting at luton where's your taliban gone where's your taliban Uh, and i didn't quite get it i think it was i don't i didn't quite get it but i just thought that that's not nice why, why, I, thought, I thought all that kind of nonsense had gone to the tune of where's your mama's gone? Where's your mama's Everything gone? you're saying is yeah. confirming yeah. why I am repelled by the very subject of football mm. and why I'd, well, to be honest, I, I'd never go to a football match. No. Justin tried to get me to go. I said no. Oh, hang on. Is he, has he been doing this, this little scam for a while? I've got a photo somewhere on my telephone of uh, Justin and I at Luton, at the ground in Luton. And Justin was like, honestly, he was like a kid in a sweet shop. Yeah. He said, come on, JVS, come and have a look. I want to show you the ground. Yeah. And he was he, he lit up with excitement he? Yes, at yeah. this ground. And I thought, well, I, I'm just pleased I'm here and there's no other people here. I'm glad I went. I thoroughly, everyone, I, everyone I met was, was wonderful. I met some fantastic people and some very passionate fans. Mm. Uh, but I, I've done that. That's ticked off the list. Um, never again. Never again. No, no. I didn't. Right. I, I didn't get sucked into the excitement. No, no, that's all right. But Dealey walks around like he owns the place. Yeah, yeah. All right, just hey, JD, <laughs> three counties. <laughs> three counties. Is I think that what they do. I think they were calling us three counties. I'm not sure. Now, <laughs> Jonathan, what's on your show this morning? Coming up at nine on this morning's Big Phone In. Will a tax on fizzy drinks stop people being fat? You've been talking about this, I know, this morning. UK doctors say fizzy drinks should be heavily taxed if we're to reduce the number of fat people in this country. Did you know one in four adults in the UK are now obese? We're not just talking about a little bit overweight. Obese. Mm. One in four. I've seen them. And a third of primary school leavers are now classed as overweight. Doctors say current measures to stop people getting fat, they're failing, and it's time we treated bad food and drink the way we treat cigarettes. And that includes when it comes to tax. Tax the fizzy drinks. But is that really fair? I mean, 
I don't really... I, I only drink um, diet fizzy drinks, but I know lots of people who are perfectly slim who don't really like the taste of diet fizzy drinks. No. They have a full-fat one. I like a cream soda. And if you're slim, why should you have to pay more for your glass of full-fat cola or whatever it is just because some people can't control themselves? From nine this morning, I want to hear your views. Will a tax on fizzy drinks stop people being fat? Perhaps you think it's a necessary evil to get those people to take responsibility for the size they are. 08459 455 555. It's the big phone in at nine. Apart from the case we just said there, if you've got fat kids, you're a bad parent. Really? Yes. On FM, AM and online, BBC Three Counties Radio. A man is outraged that he isn't allowed to use EasyJet ever again because he used the word bomb at Luton Airport. Brian McColgan joked with security officers, which then resulted in him being kicked off the premises. He told reporter Justin Dealey how he, more importantly, completely missed his flight to Lisbon. Well, I walked up to... I, w- I wanted to get rid of my bag. I wandered around with this bag. It's me in the bag, you know. And you can't leave the bag anywhere. So I went over to the EasyJet thing and it said three hours booking in early. So I walked over and I said to the girl, I want to book this in. Oh, no, for security reasons, you can't take it in or something like that. And I started to say, like a silly old man, I said, well, if there was a bomb in it, love, if there was a bomb in it, I would would blow myself up, you know, standing next to it. See, then this other girl, she said, you can't mention that word. And if you do it again, we'll call security. And I said, well... Okay, Corsica. A big manager comes straight right across the hall. He comes up and says to me, Why have you disrespected the girls? I said, You weren't even here. I turned around, the guy's on the phone. I thought, Oh no, I walked back to him. I'm standing by him. I said, Well, shake my hand, sir. I only, he shook my hand. I said, I only mentioned, I apologise to all of you. Yeah? I goes out for a cigarette later on. This policeman comes up with a machine gun and another policeman with a big machine gun. And they start questioning me about what did I say at EasyJet. I said, I never said anything really. And I tried to explain myself. The next thing, the cops take my passport off me, wanted my uh, driving license, wrote it all down, and uh, he said, I'll go. I said, could we go somewhere private? I was feeling a bit embarrassed because two other security guys would come up. There's five of us standing there, everybody's staring at us. I said, can we, we go somewhere private? He said, no, we're staying here. So anyway, he goes off, he says, I'll go and talk how EasyJet. He comes back and he says, I'm afraid, Brian, that you will not be travelling with EasyJet again. Um, Ever. You're banned from EasyJet. For life. Yeah. You have to leave the airport complex now. I said, would I get my money back? He said, no. I said, I thought Robin Hood wore a mask. And what were you going to Lisbon for anyway? I've got friends over there. I like I like Portugal. I've travelled over there this year, and I've been uh, I've been in uh, Lisbon, and I've been in the Algarve, and I, I like it. You know. Okay. Just lastly, do you, do you think that our listeners will have any sympathy for you? I know that that you, in your eyes, you feel that you've done nothing wrong. It was just a flippant comment, but you mentioned the word bomb in an airport. Do you think our listeners will have any sympathy for your case here? I don't really care, sir. I just feel a victim. I've been banned from EasyJet and for life. I've been told to get off the airport complex. I don't have a car, and I've had to walk nearly into the Luton Town Centre. I'm, I'll be 65 on the 26th of February. 
I don't think that's the way to treat anybody, especially cops with machine guns. And this was all because you wanted to check your bag in early, you to got to the airport to yeah. get rid of your bag, yeah. and your point was, look, I just want to check my bag in, yes, I'm slightly early, but what's the problem? There's hardly going to be a bomb in there because I'm going to be travelling on the aeroplane. Well, it was just a, a yeah. comment that you made that you didn't think anything w- would happen well, afterwards. Well, I'm a threat to nobody, sir. I'm a, I'm a retired man, I'm a retired hospital board and steel worker. I've worked 40 odd years. And, and to be told in my own country that a word that's in the English dictionary, and I didn't say I've got a bomb in the case. I said, if there was a bomb in the love, it was a joke. I said, I'd blow myself up, wouldn't I? Well, there we go. That was Justin Dealey speaking to uh, Brian there. Tony Dixon is editor of Airliner World magazine. Tony, have you ever heard of this, this situation before? Yeah, but normally it happens when people have had a little bit too much to drink and they're trying to make fun or boasting with their mates. <clears throat> but the problem is we live in a world where you can't say that sort of thing. You know, there have been bombs on aeroplanes. Mm. Stuff has blown up. And it's not necessarily uh, the security people. It's if whoever stood behind him in that queue hears the word bomb and not quite as clear as he said it, and then the guy behind him hears, and a rumour will go straight round the airport, yes. that, oh, there's a, there's a bloke with a bomb in his bag, and panic will happen. And it's, I mean, it's not, I don't really condone it, but it's one of the, the things we are, we're living in that sort of world now. A lifetime ban seems a little bit harsh. Uh, it does really, yes, but uh, airlines are allowed to do that. He might also have a problem in as much as airlines talk to other airlines. Mm. Um, specifically when there's been some of these air rage incidents where aircraft are diverted, the people will find that when they try to get a flight with another airline in the future, they might be refused as well. How does that work? So let's assume, Tony, I'm sure you're a perfectly wonderful traveller, but Tony Dixon (laughs) says something naughty at Luton Airport, gets banned from EasyJet. Does your name, does the name Tony Dixon then flash up on computers every time you try and book a ticket? Well, they will have a list of your name and your passport number already because you bought the ticket. And it's just an, uh, like a national database, like the police database. Because they have to have, like for football fans, they're not allowed to travel, some of them. And therefore there is a database and it does go around the airlines and it works in the same way. Are we in danger, Tony, of losing our sense of humour slightly? It was obviously, if, if it was in the context in which he said it, he claims he said it, it was obviously a flippant comment that, that was, was not meant, it was not said in a threatening tone. Are we losing our sense of humour, Tony? Yes, we are, basically. The only question I have is he's justified his case. That might be close to the truth, but it might not be 100% of the truth. So it might be slightly worse than what he said at the time. Uh, And we don't know because it's not been recorded, but that's the way EasyJet have reacted to it, and I can fully understand their actions. You're absolutely correct, Tony. Thank you for that. Tony Dixon there, editor of Airliner World magazine. We don't know exactly what was said. We only have that gentleman's uh, view. EasyJet uh, declined our invitation to come on the show this morning, but they provided this response. Uh, it, change, it, it changes person. It's in the first and the third person, so, so bear with it. EasyJet can confirm that a male passenger was denied boarding on, on Friday morning due to a comment made about carrying a bomb. The safety and security of its passengers and crew is EasyJet's highest priority, and we take any comments seriously and report them to the police where necessary. Joey Letchworth has texted in, I've got sympathy for the fella. This is just typical example of total control. Whereas Jan says on the text, he's an idiot. But Daniel, like many people, the sport. Oh, we don't want. We don't want that. Speaking of idiots, I don't mean that. That was rude. I mean this. 
Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. Oh no, look, the computer's all gone pear-shaped. Kelly Betts, this is what happens when you produce, you see, hang on a second, let's just do a little bit of magic here. I want to get the right music for her. Hang on a second, hang on a second, bear with me. Uh, Right, there, go. Phew, I don't think anybody noticed. Nobody noticed at all. Travel news, Sophie Tyler. Hearts and Bucks Travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Heading south on the A1M, we're still looking at delays following the earlier accident. Three vehicles involved between eight at Stevenage and seven as well. Now, anti-clockwise on the M25, two lanes are closed and there's queuing traffic following an accident. Recovery work now taking place between 16 at the M40 and 15 at the M4. Congestion is back to Junction 21 at the M1, so it's looking like it's really adding to the usual morning delays there. Also looking at 40-minute delays between 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Now heading into Watford, Clarendon Road is still fairly busy just after Woodford Road. The North Orbital Road, that's the A405, also looking busy around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout and heading north on the A404 through Marlow. Heavy this morning between the Marlow Junction and uh, the M40 at John Hall Way. Everything else not looking too busy out there. A few uh, usual delays, but nothing that's going to hold you up for too long. And delays of 30 minutes on East Midlands trains and First Capital Connect between Bedford and St Pancras International or following a signal problem at Luton. So do check before you travel this morning. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sophie. 8.30, here's the news with Catherine. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, the headlines. The Academy of Medical Royal Colleges is being is calling for extra taxes on fizzy drinks as well as a ban on junk food adverts while children are watching television. The consumer group Witch says more than half the UK's train companies have been found to have a customer satisfaction score of 50% or lower and a passenger's been banned from EasyJet flights for the rest of his life after using the word bomb at check-in. Beds, Hearts and Bucks Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. FA Cup holders Chelsea could face Manchester United at Old Trafford in this season's quarterfinals. United are still to play Reading in the fifth round and Chelsea will take on Middlesbrough after winning 4-0 at home to Brentford yesterday in a fourth round replay. John Terry scored on his return to the side and has denied reports of a rift with Chelsea's interim boss Rafa Benitez. It's absolute rubbish and you know I said, I said just a minute ago it's lazy journalism as well. Uh, there's not a problem with myself and Rafa. I want to play like everybody else. I'm not one to knock the manager door down I've been out for four months I'm just delighted myself to be back fit and if the others are playing well then I'll sit there and, and support the team and that, that's all I can do it's just you know it's disappointing when you when you wake up to stuff and, and you read absolute nonsense in the other quarterfinals, Manchester City will host Barnsley, it's Oldham or Everton against Wigan and Millwall will play Blackburn. MK Dons manager Carl Robinson says the club will appeal the sending off of striker Alan Smith at the weekend. Smith saw red in the 3-1 FA Cup defeat by Barnsley at Stadium MK. Luton Town manager Paul Buckle says he'll now talk to managing director Gary Sweet today to discuss how the club moves forward. It follows their exit from the FA Cup after they were knocked out on Saturday, losing 3-0 to Millwall. Buckle wants to move on. I just thought everybody gave everything that they've got, which is, is all I can ask. What I've got to do now is is uh, is Monday have a good chat with the MD and try and take it forward again. Watford manager Gianfranco Zola has been praising his striker Troy Deeney, who scored two goals at the weekend in the 4-0 win against Birmingham at St Andrews. Watford are now third in the championship. And in League Two, Wickham lost 1-0 at Bristol Rovers. And that's your latest news and sport. More from me at nine o'clock. On FM, AM and online, BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning to listener Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 555. We're talking fat tax. 
There's uh, calls to put a tax on uh, fizzy pop. I'll be honest, if your kids are fat, you're a bad parent. 08459 555. Ma- Martin on Twitter has said, my boy is fat. Oh, <laughs> Martin! My boy is fat. How dare you call us bad parents? He's got a glandular condition caused by my wife smoking during pregnancy. <laughs> Martin! Naughty! Take it seriously. We'll also hear more on the man who's banned from EasyJet for saying bomb at the airport. And wind turbines. They're getting people in Bedfordshire very, very angry. On FM, AM and online. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, residents in Harlington in Bedfordshire will tonight meet to discuss the Gypsy and Traveller site, which could be built in the village. The area is one of 30 locations where the 130 pitches needed will be sited over the next 20 years. <coughs> Excuse me. Paul Scoynes, our political reporter, was at the last meeting and will be there tonight. Paul, re- remind us of these plans. Uh, well, Ian, uh, there are currently three council-run and 19 privately-run sites in central Bedfordshire, and they need to look at these uh, for the future, because yep. under the old rules, before the, uh, the, the, the current government disbanded these regional planning bodies, uh, councils were told what they had to do. They were told how many sites they'd have to provide, but now, after those were disbanded a couple of years ago, they've had to make their own decisions. And um, there are plans for, potentially, I mean, they agreed last month, a further 130 pitches over the next 20 years or so. Now, what that means is around 10 pitches per site. So, so by pitch, that's the caravan? Yes. Or the, or the, yes, the, yeah. So what they've done is identify 30 sites. Right. And around the around the, the county or around the, the, the central Beverage region, they've identified these 30 places where they think... You could cite a, a gypsy traveller site here. I would imagine residents aren't particularly happy. They're not particularly happy, no. Um, the, the residents say there's been a, a lot of bad communication. They say that in a, a lot of instances, uh, the sites are very close to villages. Um, in one particular area where the meeting in Harlington is tonight, they're concerned about the floodplain and also uh, concerned about getting into schools, as these residents told me. I think it's so close to the village. I mean, that's a big, a big issue because it's right on the doorstep. It's, you know, and also you've got to think stigma i mean you know there is a lot of stigma around traveler sites but there's a lot of people in there whose voices do need to be heard because they've got personal experience of this myself included i was health visitor for the homeless asylum seekers in travelers for in luton for a year and so i know what you know these traveler sites can be like and um i've been threatened and you know going in on an official basis so it's people's views and emotions should be taken into consideration and the children of the if this site was to go through the children would have to go to a school the school can't accommodate the children in the village as it is well what do the council say to that well they say that they've extended the consultation that was available and uh, they say they've already done uh, the sort of legal obligation uh, or the the the, the the consultation which they're legally obliged to do um, they say they have to cite these uh, uh, some of the travellers by law I mean they, they have to provide some sites if they don't provide sites then it makes it very difficult for them to object to any illegal sites which come along now the residents are getting worried, the council say yes we understand that, we understand that we could have been perhaps better in our con- uh, communication, Nigel Young the Sustainable mm. Communities Chief uh, says there's still time to have your say What I've introduced is a further period of informal consultation because we will, uh, we will take cognizance of those representations between now and the 28th of February, which is actually when members of the Scrutiny Committee will seek to shortlist the site. 
picture that is it the picture the same all over the patch well we've got s- certain areas in certain stages of uh, of consultation and some have not done any consultation because they're, oh. they're happy with the amount that they've right. got already so in bedford for example there was a traveler assessment in december uh, and the council had, uh, had secured planning permission for six additional sites in kempston and 14 permanent pitches on a site in meadow lane which we covered on this show uh, so they say that that's the that will provide sufficient supply to around 2021 in milton Keynes, uh, their gypsy and travellers need assessment was actually it's the same that's been on there since 2006 there are two sites in milton Keynes, and a recent application for fenny lock was rejected last year in luton there's 20 plots in hertfordshire they're still undergoing a bit of a a, a, a re-look at the situation there they're still relying on a report from 2005-6 but places like east hertfordshire they're looking as of december of last year uh, to increase the number of pitches uh, they need by 2021 by nine so we're seeing a sort of we're seeing it happen everywhere but central Bedfordshire, obviously for the for, for the this area certainly seems to have the most paul thank you very much sorry just to go off on an ever such a slight tangent mm. you told me that you cycled 60 mi- six zero miles six this weekend zero miles yeah. why were you being chased well, <laughs> no I've, I've you know it's my it's my new regime because we're, we're both kind of toying with the idea of getting fit yeah. it would appear that you're toying with it a little bit more seriously than me i ran two and a half kilometers last week well, and was exhausted it's not bad well, it's terrible compared well, to 60 miles i've joined a cycling club and they did 40 miles on Saturday. 40. I've never cycled that far before. But why would you do that? And then I went that? and did 20 yesterday, like an idiot. I tell you, Ian, my backside, it's quite sore. Why? What else did you do? On FM, AM and online, BBC Three Counties Radio. 60 miles. I mean... I've got um, my father-in-law, who's um, 63, 64. I don't want to do him a disservice. He, is, he, he cycles a lot. He's a huge cyclist. And... Two years ago, I think it was, he cycled a section of the Tour de France. Yeah, he did. There's a section where, like, punters are allowed to have a go in the mountains. And he cycled it. And, um, you know, I, I, I respect him for it, but I kind of think, why? why? You can get motorbikes. <laughs> they do the same journey quicker, for less effort. Well done, Paul Scoins. I'm very impressed. 60 miles. Wow. He really has uh, has set the bar uh, for this fitness thing. I think I may bail out early. Now, it's going to be nearly four times the height of the Angel of the North and one and a half times the height of Nelson's Column and its angered villagers in Bedfordshire. It's a proposed wind turbine to be built on fields owned by a farmer in Ravensden near Bedford. It'll be near a white water tower, which is a well-known landmark. Well, Peter Geary is from Petso and lives close to a set of turbines that have been operating for over two years. Peter, how close are you to these turbines? I live about a mile away from them. And what's it like living there? Well, I mean, what we've seen is the largest area in Milton Keynes that was undisturbed, the largest area of countryside without roads and things going through it, turned into what is a semi-industrial landscape now. Is it noisy? Noise is something that, that I think is, 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 is difficult to assess. It depends where you are. Right. Um, you've got to, number one, be relatively close to them, mm. um, and you've got to be downwind from them. And it also very, very much depends. Some people can sleep in a disco and have no problem with it, and other people um, are kept awake by the scratching of a mouse. And so it does really depend on, on your personal circumstances. Can, can, is it noisy in your house at, at night time? No, no my, ho- my house isn't affected by it, but there right. are a number of, a number of properties um, where people are affected by it. But I wouldn't say that's the worst uh, thing that's come from this wind farm around here. It's not noise. You went through the process uh, of protesting against the turbines going up. 
up. Obviously, it still went ahead. Do you feel you had any choice in the first place? Are these are these done deals, as far as you're concerned? Well, I mean, in, with what we had here, we, we you know, we, 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 we appealed, we protested against it, we did all our bit. We went to the council, Milton Keynes Council at the time, um, and we did our bit, and it seemed very much like a done deal. We also took the thing to judicial review, so we went to the High Court in London. And at that point, we saw the council admitting that they had uh, broken the rule of natural, broken the law of natural justice, that they had broken some of the environmental impact assessments, and they had to hold their hands up and admit they had done things wrong. So it did seem like a done deal at the time, and um, and, and it was um, it was very frustrating. We've been hearing from the residents in, in Ravenston. They're, they're beginning their protests. Uh, th- th- I guess you can sympathise and empathise with what they're going through. I can, because in Milton Keynes here, we've got three other wind, wind farms now that are, that, that are very much on the boil and are very much looking at being, um, you know, people are wanting to build now. So I can perfectly accept, um, you know, un- perfectly understand what people are, because there are massive impacts um, that these, these things affect. Just, just in your TV reception, um, you know, a lot of people in Oney and Emberton had to have um, uh, free sat installed because their normal sat, uh, television reception was disrupted by wind farms. So they have an awful lot of impacts that some people don't realise. Peter, are you against wind farms completely or just in places where they can affect communities? No, I mean, I, th- I think I think wind power has its has it has its place in the in the in the in the mix of power that's required. But you have to put it number one in a you, you can't build wind turbines forever and expect that to power the place because as it was on Friday, I think it was or Saturday, the wind turbines weren't turning. So they weren't generating power. If they're not generating power, how do people turn their lights on and do things? You can't store power. You don't have big batteries to store it in. So there is a place for it, but it can't be everywhere. So where you are going to have it, have them in the places where they're going to generate the most power and where they're going to affect the least people. Peter, we have to end it there. Sorry to cut you short. Peter Geary uh, from Petso, discussing uh, how the wind turbines uh, near him have affected him. Thank you very much. Now, earlier on, we heard from Brian McColgan. He's outraged because he isn't allowed to use EasyJet ever again because he used the word bomb at Luton Airport. He said he was joking with security officers. Well, our reporter, Justin Dealey, has been at Luton Airport this morning. Justin, what's the mood like down there? Well, it's quite interesting this morning. Early, we heard from passengers who, on the whole, Ian, didn't have much sympathy for Brian. There he was on Friday morning. All he wanted to do was check his bag in earlier. They said, sorry, you can't do that for security reasons. He then said, well, I've hardly got a bomb in the bag. But he mentioned that word bomb in an airport. This, of course, is the year 2013. A lot of people say, you simply can't do that. So reaction early was pretty much, we haven't got any sympathy for him. Here's some more reaction in the last 30 minutes. And this is what people have had to say. Well, Daniel, like many people this morning, you've heard about Brian's case. Um, just be honest. Have have you got any sympathy for him at all? No, no. Can you tell us why? Because you cannot make a joke like this into an airport. You must think about families, about children, about everybody else besides you. You cannot, you cannot afford to make something like this. It's you not s- human. You seem like a pretty honest guy. I'll ask you a question which I'm sure you'll answer honestly. Do you think the man in question, Brian, is an absolute idiot for doing what he did on Friday morning by mentioning the word bomb? Okay, this is relative. Depending how do you think, how do you see the things, the facts in the life, uh, for my personal reason, for my personal point of view, it is an idiot, yeah. 
sorry to be so honest and direct, but it is an idiot. Well, Sharon, you have very little sympathy for Brian. Can you tell us why that's the case? Well, in this day and age of heightened security, you just don't, you just don't mention that word bomb in an airport, anywhere really, where you've got crowds and transport. I mean, even as a joke, right now, in the year 2013, you just can't joke about those things as far as you're concerned. No, you mustn't, really. It's just going to cause outrage and inconvenience for everybody. So, Steve, we've heard about Brian. You mentioned the word bomb in Luton Airport on Friday as a joke. He's now banned from EasyJet for life. Have you got any sympathy for him at all? Not really, no. He shouldn't have mentioned the word bomb. End of story, as far as I'm concerned. And that seems to be, Justin, the, 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 the point yeah. that most people have taken. Love that last guy. End of story. Absolutely. Because, you know, we all say things that are wrong in life. We all do that. I do it every morning, yeah. Justin. Get paid for it. <laughs> and I do as well. But, of course, if you're in an airport, the, the way security is, whether you're joking around or not, you can't really mention the word bomb. Brian would argue, look, I'm a man who, who is not a danger to the public. I'm a man in my mid-60s, and it's a word that's in the dictionary. He may well say that but the majority of people this morning certainly saying brian what you did was totally out of order and i've got no sympathy for you whatsoever justin cracking story thank you very much indeed justin Dealey, our reporter out and about there seven uh, eight forty five travel news now sophie tyler beds hearts and bucks travel bbc three counties radio Heading south on the A1M, still looking slow following the earlier accident. Three vehicles involved in Junction 8 at Hitchin and 7 at Stevenage. All lanes have, however, been reopened. Still have two lanes closed, though, on the M25 anti-clockwise between uh, Junction 16 at the M40 and 15 at the M4. All following an accident, recovery work now taking place. Congestion is back to Junction 21 at the M1. Also looking at delays of 45 minutes in 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Now heading south on the M1, also slow just around uh, Junction 12 at Flittick and Milton Keynes at 14 as well, particularly slow there. Heading into Watford, Clarendon Road is busy this morning just after Woodford Road and the A405 also very heavy approaching the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. We're heading north in Marlow on the A414 uh, 404, sorry, it is heavy again just between John Hallway and uh, Wickham Road also. Now on the trains delays of 30 minutes on East Midland Services and First Capital Connect between Bedford and St Pancras, all following a signal problem at Luton. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much Sophie. Nearly 8.47, it's Monday the 18th of February. These are your headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Academy of Medical Royal Colleges is calling for extra taxes on fizzy drinks as well as a ban on junk food adverts while children are watching television. A passenger has been banned from EasyJet flights for the rest of his life after using the word bomb at a check-in. In sport, Stephen Maguire beat Stuart Bingham by nine frames to eight to win the Welsh Open snooker in Newport last night. Coming up after several years, the nightmare is over for the Bedfordshire widow who says it's been hell living with raw sewage seeping from her garden. We'll hear more before nine o'clock, but before that, here's the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bugs weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. We've still got some low clouds and mist and fog patches, particularly over parts of Buckinghamshire, but elsewhere, a nice bright start to the day with some good spells of sunshine for the rest of the morning. Brightening up just about everywhere, in fact, over the next couple of hours or so, and those sunny spells lasting well into the afternoon. Bit of cloud coming and going at times, probably a cloudier afternoon in store for many of us as well. Temperatures today up to 7 or 8 degrees Celsius later on for St Albans, Luton, Bletchley, Milton Keynes,
Keynes as well. Aylesbury, 7, or 7 degrees Celsius here. That's 45 in Fahrenheit. A noticeable southeasterly breeze. It is going to feel quite cold, actually, that wind, but at least it will be fairly light. Into this evening and overnight, temperatures dropping to minus 1, minus 2 degrees Celsius. It will be quite a chilly night. Again, some mist and fog patches into tomorrow morning and also a widespread frost as well. So cold starts, a bit of a murky start as well tomorrow, but the mist and the fog should clear nicely through the morning some good spells of sunshine around into the afternoon as well temperatures again up to seven degrees celsius but i'm afraid sunshine will be quite limited for the rest of the week a bit of brightness here and there but generally a much cloudier picture a colder picture as well with an easterly breeze that's going to feel really quite chilly at times and um, staying dry for the rest of the week so i guess that's good news if you're on your half-term holidays that's the forecast Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Were you rude, rude people on Facebook? Paul Wood has posted on Facebook. On a different point, how stupid did Jonathan Vernon Smith sound about football? Talk about out of touch. How rude! Paul, I mean, yes, you're absolutely spot on, Paul, he did, but, but still very rude. Weekdays from three. Local news. Campaigners are holding a protest against a wind turbine that could be built near the Buckinghamshire village of Ford. Discussion. And we were told when he was five days old that the only way for him to have a life outside of a wheelchair would be to have a through-knee amputation at the age of one. Debate. Coming up after six, we've got an hour discussing business and finance. Later in the show, it's all about the entertainment world. It's the family and lifestyle debate. It's our politics panel discussing how politics affects us. Roberto Perot. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Just firing some of the uh, junior members of the staff for being disrespectful to me during that trailer. Shameful. Now, good news. After several years, the nightmare is over for the Bedfordshire widow who says it's been hell living with raw sewage seeping from her garden. We did, we did this story a few weeks ago, and it was it, it's one of those things, it sounds quite light and flippant, but then the more you delve, the, 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 the murkier it gets in every sense of the word. Heavy rain triggered the problem and left puddles of sewage outside Connie Manning's home at Tottenhoe, which then flooded the lawn. She was suicidal about it. Here's a reminder of what happened when our reporter Jessica Cooper visited Connie to find out the extent of the problem. It's been hell, simply because the doggies want to go out and um, no, that's, that's quite an effort, keeping those two in and an extra walking for me to take them out. But it's just the fact of just looking out into the garden and all your hard work for weeks and weeks, which I love. I love my garden and it just looks like a heap of floating water with ghastly, ghastly, huge pancake patches of other people's... I don't know what what word to use, but Mm. I think one uses the imagination to understand what I'm talking about and things that should never be in there and horrified when the dogs have to pad over that or I have to get to the shed or open the garage door. It's horrendous. How has it been making you feel then? If you've been having to look at this for five years, out your window every day, what does it make you feel like? Well, it's sort of on and off for five years, not sort Mm. of five years. I couldn't, I I wouldn't be here. (laughs) But, um, well, horrendous. I don't know another word for it, actually. I just want to run away. And that's it. I, I don't know what to do. I'm sorry. That's okay. Don't worry. What do you want to be done? What would make this better for you? Obviously, the water sucked up, and all the I, I want it 
so that there's no germs left there because I, I, I want to go out there and pick hold of things of being near that or in it or something and I just want it back how it should look because it's a beautiful garden and I work hours in it. Well, that was a few weeks ago. The good news is it's all been sorted. Engineers even diverted the sewage an extra 80 metres away from where they were initially going to put it just to be on the safe side. Well, Andrew Salou, the Conservative MP for South West Bedfordshire, supported Connie and helped come to a resolution. Andrew, congratulations. I, I, I don't want to big up your part too much, but you did step in when we asked you to. You had a word with the, with the water board and uh, it's been sorted out. Thank you very much. Well, I, I'm, I'm delighted to hear that it has been sorted, and I know that Anglian Water were working all over this weekend. I mean, obviously, of course, it would have been much better if it hadn't happened in the first place or it would have been sorted out some time ago, but credit where credit's due, Anglian Water have pulled out all the stops to finally sort it out, and I'd also like to thank BBC Three Counties for drawing attention to it, because I think you also helped, and you should take some credit as well. Well, listen, that's one of the lovely things about doing a, a, a local breakfast show is that we get to hear these, these, these tragic stories and hopefully just nudge things in the right direction and and they have a, a, a successful resolution. And uh, yeah, fair play to Anglian Water. They, they went that extra mile, didn't they, and created an extra 80 metres of drainage. They have found extra problems along the way, which they didn't realise were there, which is perhaps why it's taken so long. But delighted to hear that it has been done. I, I, I do hope they will sort of fully... Um, clean up um, Mrs Manning's garden as well, just listening to her. She obviously, you know, wants to be able to get out of the garden. Yes. The spring is coming, so that would be really kind if Anglian Water would sort of disinfect it or whatever one does just to make it completely safe uh, for her to go out in, in the garden. So I very much hope they'll do that as well. Listen, we're all patting each other on the back, and it's nice to do that every once in a while. And it's nice to hear an MP taking an active interest. If any of your constituents have got similar problems or other problems, w- what should they do to get in touch, Andrew? Well, I'm, um, email me is probably the easiest, andrew.salu.mp at parliament.uk. Uh, they can write to me at the House of Commons. Um, they can ring my office uh, in Dunstable, 662821. And, um, you know, I will always do what I can to help. I have very hardworking staff as well, which uh, support me in what I do, but that's what MPs are here for, to, to try and help. So Andrew, thank you very much for your help. Cheers. Okay. There we go, Andrew Salute, Conservative MP for South West Bedford. It's, it's, it's easy to come on the air and do horrible stories about things going wrong, but I, I do think it's important, if something gets sorted out every once in a while, to congratulate the people, pat them on the back, and uh, say, well done, thank you very much for that. This gentleman who said the word bomb, banned from uh, EasyJet for life, Jürgen has tweeted, at BBC3CR, surely not a smart thing to say during check-in, clearly an overreaction from airline and check-in staff. Mark on Facebook says, stupid thing to say at an airport and should be banned from flying out on any air company. Really? A slap on the wrist. A fine. Maybe being forced to miss that flight. But, really? Sheila's in St Albans. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. What's your take on this? Are we being a bit harsh on this gentleman? No, apart from being one idiot, I think he's a double idiot, because instead of turning around and saying, I was stupid, he's now saying, oh, I'm the victim. However... Some years ago, I was standing at Luton Airport waiting to take a flight and the usual thing came over the Tannoy. We all had to clear out the airport. Then we have to take our bags and then we wait around and the flight's delayed. Why? Because there was a suspect package. Oh. And now that didn't happen just to me. There were several other times. Um, this is, oh, years ago. 
years ago when probably TriStar was flying, you know what I mean, and Luton was a little place. But I can assure you, to turn around and be in the middle of everything, have to leave everything, go and stand in the car park, cold, waiting, not knowing what's going on, and then have to go and find your bags and take them over to another area so there's no bags left without any, any owners. You know, it, when someone says the word bombing in an airport, believe you me, I would be moving away. Sheila, thank you very much. You've had experience of uh, of the hassle that these kind of things can have in an airport. Uh, just ending quickly, Sheila, sorry to cut you short, because I just want to get this last little story, because this is another nice thing. St Albans, many claims to fame, the home to Samuel Ryder, and famous residents include our very own Jonathan Vernon Smith uh, and Michelle from Big Brother. However, the event that will go down in St Albans history will be the day that international movie star Tom Cruise had a curry. It's now been enshrined in film in its own right, and you can see it at the inaugural St Albans Film Festival. And festival director Leona Kibbe joins me now. Morning, Leona. You've seen the film. What do you reckon to it? Oh, it's lovely. Yeah, it's a real fun, light-hearted take on uh, Tom Cruise's visit to St Albans. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what kind of film is it? Des- describe the genre. What would I expect from it? Okay, so we, um, for our film festival, we uh, were really lucky in our first year. We had over 350 entries from 30 countries around the world, and um, that was across six different categories of short films. And this was on our music video category. So it's written and performed by a lovely songwriter-singer called Daria Kulesh. hope I've pronounced the name right. And um, she's created a lovely take on, on his visit. So it's really good fun. This, this St Albans Film Festival, we haven't got much time, but just, just tell us about it. What, yeah. what kind of things are going to be in there? There's something for all ages. We've got things for tiny little preschoolers, animated nursery rhymes. We've got feature films with celebrities coming along, filmmakers coming to talk. We've got workshops like extreme, filming extreme sports. Mm-hmm. We've got a DJ night. We've got something for every taste and every age. A film fe- When I read about this, a film festival in St Albans, Leone, yes. it strikes yes. me as a little, a little unusual. Why the need for it? Because we don't have a cinema. Is that why it's unusual? Yeah, that's part of it, yes. <laughs> Um, we need it uh, because we don't have a cinema, because there is just a huge wealth of filmmaking talent in St Albans and film history as well. You mentioned a couple of our um, film historic points, but we also, uh, Stanley Kubrick was um, living in the area. Of course he was, wasn't he? Yes. Things around here. Yeah, as well as Arthur Melbourne Cooper, who was a pioneer in stock frame animation. So we're celebrating him as well. Um, yeah, so. Very I quickly, we're, we're running out of time, Yoni. Is, is yeah. there a website that people can go to? www.stalbansfilmfestival.com Excellent stuff, Leonie. Thank you very much indeed. I think it's a cracking idea. What a nice note to end the show on. Travel news now, Sophie Tyler. Beds, hearts and bucks travel. BBC Three Counties Radio. Heading south on the A1M, still looking slow following the earlier accident involving three vehicles between eight at Hitchin and seven at Stevenage. Uh, looks like it's going to take you around 15 minutes to get through that stretch. And anti-clockwise on the M25 is still queuing due to recovery work taking place on an earlier accident, which has now been moved to the hard shoulder. Between 16 at the M40 and 15 at the M4, but congestion is back to 21 at the M1. Now, all lanes have been reopened, but going to take you around an hour.
hour and a half to get through that stretch, I'm afraid. Also, 45-minute delays between 28 at the Brook Street Roundabout and 25 at the A10 for Enfield. Now, heading into Watford, Clarendon Road is still busy after Woodford Road and also heading north in uh, Marlow on the A404. Fairly heavy just around Marlow Junction and Wickham Road. On the trains, we have 30-minute delays heading uh, on East Midlands trains and First Capital Connect from Bedford to St Pancras following a signal problem at Luton. Sophie Tyler, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sophie. I should just say, on Nick Coffey's show today from midday, he's got the fantastic Mitch Ben on. Always worth a listen. JVS is up next. I'm back tomorrow. Getting beds, hearts and bugs talking. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Start of a new week. And on today's big phone-in, I'm asking, will a tax on fizzy drinks stop people being...